everyone. Welcome back to While You Were Streaming, a Yellow Jackets podcast. My name's Emily. And my name is Fiona. We're back. It's a new year. Happy 2024. New year. Uh, Sorry for the long hiatus. It was like a combination of us being sick and also, I mean, there were holidays. I'm sure everybody was too busy. Yeah. You know, seeing their family or whatever and possibly also being sick to listen to our podcast there's been a lot of sickness you know it's flu season a lot of people have been getting sick recently i still am not feeling that great COVID season yeah it's literally always covid COVID especially getting really bad recently yeah i had yeah like literally like like a few days ago (laughs) so yeah so you guys can't blame us for not recording this episode well we were also like i had the idea to do like a bonus episode in between seasons but then it became Mm -hmm. january and i was like it's a new year we should just like do season two like there's no reason to do bonus. it was so long in between recording that i was like no it's been like two months we should just start season two (laughs) and now that we know that season three isn't coming until 2025 we'll have all the time in the world to do as much bonus episodes after season two that's right so yep we'll just save it for then exactly but um we're here to talk about season two episode one it's called friends uh, romans countrymen yeah you know what this is a reference to um i don't know that much i was assuming that you okay. you would explain it but oh. i know that it's like a <laughs> yes. julius caesar quote right yeah yeah okay. it is it goes friends romans countrymen lend me your ears right um so literally the title is just a pun on the lend me your ears part so uh because as we all know or maybe maybe you don't remember this uh if you haven't seen the episode in a while spoilers by the way (laughs) (laughs) there's an ear has a prominent role in this episode oh yeah by the way we do like spoil the entire show i forgot to say what our podcast is maybe this is someone's first episode right right? it's season two this is a rewatch podcast so you know we're talking about everything that has happened in the entire show we have seen both seasons a number of times so yes if you don't want to be so, spoiled don't come here for that right maybe maybe wait until you've finished the show before you start listening to this podcast right we do like we like to talk about everything that's going to happen you know in later episodes of the show big major spoilers every single episode of the podcast so we haven't actually gotten any complaints about that i feel like because we spend like two minutes at the top of each episode <laughs> saying like hey guys it's literally like the shit out of this <laughs> the premise of the podcast so people shouldn't be complaining yes. about it also we're both lesbians and so we're talking about the show from that perspective right um, and we got we got mail from or it wasn't Ooh, mail yeah. it was a review we got mail, a review fan from mail. <laughs> fan mail <laughs> well that's what it felt like we got a review from yeah. apparently a, a, it was like a straight guy in his 40s or something right yeah uh, our first review on itunes let me see if i could find it so i could read it so sick. you get a okay. shout out on the podcast for being the first yeah. review we were both excited because this is this is fun to get all right um from someone with the username jpatag65 cool i don't know what your name (laughs) is but that's the username on (laughs) that's his name now uh the hosts often interject with ideas and theories from a young gay and or female eye this varying insight for me a 48 year old straight man that is obsessed with yellow jackets rethinking some ideas and theories i have concocted about the show keep up the great work 
and really hope to hear you break down season two. Well, here we are breaking down season two. And I love the fact that we have a 48 year old straight male fan. I don't know. That's like very pleasing to me. Um, I agree. It was this is <laughs> unexpected nice demographic. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that's actually that's really nice to that we can take our perspective and reach, you know, somebody who is such different like life circumstances and, you know, that's pretty cool." That's like what that. life's all about, you know. <laughs> that's Look what at yellow recording jackets, a podcast and putting it on the together. internet is about. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so it tur- so you know, we appreciate any straight cis male listeners more than anyone else just kidding but (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about because they don't have enough privilege in the world so you know that's true we gotta appreciate that they need to know that they're appreciated they don't hear it enough already no we're just kidding we're we love all of our listeners slash readers slash viewers but yeah that was kind of fun that was you know we just don't always expect to reach a wider audience than Uh, I think, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, like people who follow us on Twitter. So uh, it's always exciting, you know. It's really exciting. Sorry, I have SNL on in the background, which I never watch. (laughs) But (laughs) it's because Renee Renee Rapp is on it, and fucking Rachel McAdams just showed up. So I got really distracted. Oh shit, dude, (laughs) dude! I've been wondering. I think everybody's been wondering, like, when the two of them are gonna meet. Bro, that's awesome. That's crazy. (laughs) She I think she introduced. I mean, it's muted, but she like introduced the song that she has. That's on the Mean Girls song soundtrack i'm assuming that's what she did that's really cool anyway speaking of mean girls you know julius caesar is one of the there's a joke in the original mean girls movie that's like a julius caesar joke that's like one of the best jokes in the movie you know which joke i'm talking about no i don't remember it's like that whole thing where like gretchen is like mad because like Regina, like, they're, like, trying to, like, like break Gretchen because she's so insecure and emotional about stuff. And she's, like, Uh doing this, like, presentation in class about Julius Caesar, I guess. She's, like, talking about Regina. And she's, like, we should Mm -hmm. totally just stab Caesar. And she's, like, going on this whole rant. (laughs) Okay. I think I do vaguely remember that. Yeah. Look it up. Anyway, it's it's a great... I recently watched the OG Mean Girls (laughs) and I was, like, Gretchen is literally the best character like i loved her that's funny yeah i mean i've seen mean girls many times not maybe in like a year or two but it's pretty it's kind of a classic at this point i mean yeah i mean we don't need to say it it goes without saying but right yeah that's not an original thought oh mean girls classic film yeah you may have heard of it you may have heard of it Right. Just an obscure little like cult comedy. To be honest, I remember when that movie came out and I don't think it was as it wasn't that big like at the box office or anything. So I do think it was one of those things where like people just kept watching it. Like it came out on on home video, you know, on DVD because those were things that people watched. Yeah, I think it gained like a cult following for sure. For sure. And now it's a huge thing, obviously, because they remade it sort of or they adapted a musical version of it right so. mean girls the movie the musical the movie yes is what it is <laughs> which is apparently a joke on 30 rock um oh yeah wait that's really funny i saw that recently that? yeah 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 where it was like she won like best actress for you know a, a movie adapted from a musical adapted from a movie and yeah <laughs> anyway 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 um tina Fey's cinematic universe and we're all just living in it i guess apparently 
Yeah. Love that it has a connection to this episode title of Yellow Jackets. Right? I, I'm i impressed that you were able to make that connection, actually, because I was like, what is she talking about? I thought you were going to be like, oh, speaking of Mean Girls, the Yellow Jackets are Mean Girls or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, to be fair, I think it's only because what... I was watching Renee rap on my screen and I was like, oh, Mean Girl. I was just like thinking about it. Valid. Valid. Okay. <laughs> and Rachel McAdams, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Know. Understandable. Anyway. Yes. Do you want to explain like the quote friends roman countrymen lend me your ears in parentheses this title is obviously just the writers like having fun and making a joke Um, yeah i don't remember there being like i didn't i don't remember what it's from it's probably like a speech or something uh i should know this actually i feel like i should know more about that speech I'm trying to it's think. probably like, like some speech like leading people really into battle or something i would imagine okay it's from the play julius caesar by william shakespeare oh it's a play uh, it's not an actual quote. and actually mark antony says it oh no it wouldn't be an actual see there's no way that they would have like recorded oh yeah that's a good point back in roman times and stuff uh (laughs) there's a lot of there's a fair amount of like poetry and stuff from rome that's carried over but a lot of it is basically if we have any records of like roman cultural items like plays and poems and stuff like that the reason that we have that stuff is because monks in the middle ages would like make copies of it they would just spend all their time like making copies of um these latin texts and stuff so we do have some stuff and the only reason i know this by the way is because i was a classics minor in college so i listen to people talk about this shit a lot wow um, so what's yeah. the context of it in the play <laughs> do you know <laughs> that's a good question no i i actually i don't because i didn't look it up beforehand because i just thought it was funny that they use that line as yeah. a reference to ears. I don't know if there's anything deeper to it than that. So, but apparently it's a Shakespeare line. So, I feel like it is just the joke that they're going for. Like it probably mm-hmm. doesn't have much thematic relevance. Yeah, but who knows? Yeah. There are some titles later in this season that do have thematic relevance but like this one and the next one is edible complex (laughs) i think puns really yeah they got funny they they got someone in the writer's room who's like i love puns (laughs) right like i'm just gonna title these episodes i'm gonna be a comedian here yeah so i mean we could use some it's nice to add a little bit of comedy especially when referring to like you know this idol this episode refers to the ear and then the next episode it's still referring to cannibalism so it's good to add some levity to the to that stuff (laughs) (laughs) you know that is true yeah so as we were as we started watching this episode, Emily and I were texting each other as we often do, and I was like, dude, I really need the recap because it's been like two months since I've seen a Yellow Jackets episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thought that I had while I was watching the recap was um how funny it is to me that Adam Martin as a character got fridged for Shauna's character <laughs> development. I just think that's I think it's really funny that they did that. They yeah. have this whole character who 
only exclusively exists just to be basically a plot device and it's a male character because usually you know when somebody has like a dead um significant other it's usually a man and his like his dead girlfriend or his dead wife but on this show we kind of get the opposite of it like adam martin is the dead boyfriend uh travis ultimately is going to be a i mean he's basically natalie's like dead boyfriend so uh dead wife i don't know we called him the dead wife (laughs) he is he's a dead wife so but yeah that that was something that i was reminded of as i was watching the the recap for this episode i was like huh it's funny that they did that yeah i was very grateful for the recap like you said it's been about two months and it was it was like they recapped everything in season one Mm -hmm. so i was like thank you Mm -hmm. i needed that yeah Although, as always, when I watch those recaps, I'm like, you know what? If you hadn't seen this show before, this would be total nonsense. I yeah. No Imagine, like, this is. just watching Yellow Jackets and, like, starting it on season two, episode one, and watching you know, that I, recap. I'd be like, what? Yeah, right? Like, I don't have to, though, because I think I've mentioned this. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I've mentioned it before that I had a watch party that I would go to as season two was airing. We started watching with season two and like i thought everybody who was going to show up to the watch party was going to be like a fan of the show or at least somebody who had like seen the first season but no some people showed up who like had never seen the show before and i was like oh uh, i just wanted to have fun and socialize no that's true (laughs) and that's valid but like this is kind of the worst possible show to do that with there was also somebody who who showed up to watch the second episode of season two and that was the episode that they had seen and i was like damn wow okay that's a lot oh my god yeah Uh, did they know anything about the show i think they most people are like oh the cannibal the cannibal soccer show or whatever yeah yeah to be fair i mean that's the episode where the cannibalism happens right so yeah but yeah no it was crazy i was like wow how can you guys do this i was like all right cool so anyway that does actually happen i can confirm that people do watch start watching with like season two i would i would hope they'd go back then and watch if they like yeah but who knows i mean i've done that where i've like but it's not with shows like this like sometimes i'll like see like an episode of like a procedural or like a sitcom right (laughs) and i'll be like oh maybe i'll go back and watch it yeah this is so like character heavy and like it's it has a continuity to it that you can't really skip over because it's not going to, it's kind of just not going to make any sense, actually, I feel like. So yeah. I think what happened is that some members of that group uh, went back and watched the entire show at that point, And some of them were like, oh, this is gruesome. I'm not into it. So, uh, and I was like, you know what? That's fair. Yeah. There's a reason why sometimes I like, <laughs> like normally if I love a show, I'll like force people to watch it because I'm like, I, like I'll, I'll like force like friends or like my mom to watch it. But like, this is the one show where yeah. I would not force my mom to watch it because I know that she would not enjoy it. She'd be deeply disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, she wouldn't I be able to handle that. it. So I'm like, fine. Yeah. Whenever <laughs> I usually just say, I tell people to watch the pilot and I'm like, if the pilot is too much for you, then just stop watching there. I feel like that that's a good measure of like, is this going to be too gory for you? Cause it has some gross moments in it. And you know, it starts with cannibalism. Like you you get that right away so you just know yeah it's pretty even like even like i'll be like oh the cat like she'll be like oh my god all those like iconic actors are in that show and i'm like yeah but you still don't want to watch it like you just (laughs) (laughs) like i'm sorry anyway yes it's very iconic but you know 
You got to know what your mother's limits are. (laughs) My mom gets mad at me when I like make her watch something that's sad. Like I'll be like, you have to watch this movie. It's so good. I cried. And she'll be like, you cried? I don't want to watch something sad. Oh, you guys should watch (laughs) All of Us Strangers together. (laughs) She won't be upset at that at all. It's so weird though, because she loves to watch like murder documentaries and stuff and i'm like mom this stuff happens in real life like you watch shows about real life people (laughs) getting murdered and raped and you're not okay with watching it fictionally like whatever (laughs) kind of the opposite of i don't know how i am kind of yeah i'm like i can handle it if it's fake people but if it's real people then i'm like no this is too much i same i don't like the knowledge that happens to people anyway right anyway cannibalism though that's not real no, it's not. Unless you're in a really specific Unless. dire situation. Unless. <laughs> Unless dot dot dot. Right. <laughs> did you watch the Netflix movie about the, the Andes crash? I did. Um, yeah. Did you Did you like it? Did you watch it? No, I haven't watched it. Um, It's way better than the one from the 90s. I'll say that. Okay. I hated the one from... Well, I didn't hate it. I just thought it was not a good movie. I, I was like, it a... was not well made. Um, yeah. yeah. We could do a bonus episode on it. We could. We could do... I mean, the biggest difference is that, you know, that was about... Were they from Uruguay, right? Is that where they were from? I don't remember. Somewhere in Latin America where the Andes are located. I should... No, I literally yes. just watched the movie. But, like, then they, like... When they made the movie in the 90s, I think it's from like 92, it's like fully an American movie with an American cast and they're speaking English. It just like takes me out of it. Like, I'm just like, why would you make this movie in English with like it's just stupid so this one is it didn't actually happen to americans right it, it didn't happen like... to americans exactly yeah i think it was uruguay so. so this was like actually like all like argentinian or or uruguayan actors i think and yeah, you know it was cool. like it seemed way more real and accurate and also okay. i feel like in the first movie just the acting wasn't that good which <laughs> is rough to say about something because it's like it's based on a true story but i was like i don't feel connected to the characters like the only reason why i felt bad for them was because i knew that it actually happened Uh but like the actual movie wasn't making me feel anything for them i don't know how to explain it anyway that's how i feel about the movie from the 90s this one was way better watch it if you can it's long it's like two and a half hours long but okay and it's a lot obviously it's like very heavy yeah yeah (laughs) but you know if you like yellow jackets and you're curious (laughs) it's related so I do like yellow jackets, so. I'm telling the listeners, the dear listeners. Oh, I hope they like yellow jackets too at this point. If you didn't know what yellow jackets is based on, watch that movie and you'll be like, oh, okay. It's a true life story of a rugby team that crashed in the Andes. In the 70s, yeah. Which yellow jackets was originally planned to be set in the 70s um, Mm -hmm. and they changed it. So it was going to be like the teen timeline was the 70s and the adult timeline was 25 years later in the 90s. And I think the reason why they changed it was because of budgetary reasons, which is understandable. Uh, That's what I've heard. Maybe. Yeah, I didn't know that. I remember looking at the the pitch or something. It was like the pitch. Yeah. Leaked. It was like a pitch. I don't know if it was a leak or if somebody just, you know, got 
Mm-hmm. acquired it somehow but it was like a pitch and it had like slightly inaccurate character descriptions except uh some of them were really similar and some of them were really weirdly different um i remember i think jackie had like her last name was heller or something and i don't remember shauna might have had a different last name too it was just like yeah uh <laughs> like a slightly weird it was like early version. ideas of what the show was. Yeah. yeah there was a character called yumi heineken who Whoa. did not end up being a character on the show <laughs> heineken like the beer yeah <laughs> but people immediately fan casted her as uh havana rose leo so oh that would be a oh my god please <laughs> Now you got me thinking about her being in yellow jackets. Are you kidding? Dude. (laughs) (laughs) Put her in everything. Every movie ever. Literally, Um, yeah. Why not? Anyway, uh, maybe maybe we'll do a bonus episode on that eventually. Mm -hmm. On like the original yellow jackets pitch. The original yellow jackets pitch, yeah. Because there was a lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah. um, But I've forgotten most of it because I don't have it in front of me. But I would take notes for that. Yeah. Yeah, I was watching the recap and I was just like, oh, right, all of this stuff happened. Okay, like, (laughs) I seriously forgot about everything. Like I said, it's been two months. And I was still gagged at who the fuck is Lonnie Matthews when they recapped it. I was like, yes. Right? (laughs) I was like, right. Every time. Like, yes, who the (laughs) fuck is she? So this opening needle drop, 17 by Sharon Van Etten, is so good. Just like lyrically so accurate it's like it could have been written about the yellow jacket like for the show yeah. right also musically i used like, to be 17 yeah like sonically it could have been it fits the show so well as well but... it does yeah and this is like a modern song but it it fits in with the show's aesthetic which i think was interesting because i don't know about every song in the first season but like at least the vast majority of it was like 90s songs and stuff right mm-hmm. i do think some um, of the modern songs they they use they do have a 90s vibe though yeah for the most part yeah sharon van netten has like a 70s like rock style to her music anyway i would agree with that yeah it it feels like it fits in with the rest of the show it doesn't feel like like there are some modern artists who if they were in the show it would be like it it could be kind of jarring that felt like it fit in very well um Although I, technically it's an anachronistic because it wasn't out at the time, but like you know, it's the atmosphere. It fits that. Yeah, it fits. And it, like it, as long as it's like not diegetic music, I don't really care if it's anachronistic. <laughs> like agreed. So, I agree. Like that doesn't yeah. bother me. I agree with that. Yeah, because it's not like the show. I mean, you know, at this point, the show is definitely breaking from any idea that one might have that the music would have to be accurate to the period or the time but i mean also like you know the show exists in two timelines so that's fine you know exactly yeah like you said i used to be free i used to be 17 i mean this song plays (laughs) over like the first like the whole opening sequence yeah um notable so this is like a little like montage i guess of like what everyone's up to it's been a two-month time jump which we find out a little bit later so like the end of season one it snowed for the first time so now we're two months into winter yep i think it opens up on well there is a montage uh part of it is lottie making blood and pine needle tea for nat and travis well i don't think they say it's pine needle tea but i think that's what it is and they make a reference to making tea from pine needles at least 
at some point, I believe later in the season, because pine needles have a lot of vitamin C in them. And this is actually true. I looked this up. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it, is, it is true that you can get vitamin C from pine needles. And I think that was one of those things that was written into it that was like, like somebody on Reddit was probably talking about like, how, do, how are they not getting scurvy? And so the writers were like, hmm, we need to write in pine needle tea <laughs> to explain why they're not getting scurvy. Wait, what's scurvy? Is, uh, does that still exist? Yeah. Should I well, know what it kind is? Of. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's a very, so it's basically vitamin, extreme vitamin C deficiency. It doesn't really exist in like a modern concept context, but like sailors would famously get scurvy because they would spend months out at sea with no like fresh fruits or vegetables. So they were, eventually they discovered that lime, lemons and limes could prevent scurvy because they have vitamin C in them. So they were given rations of limes and that's why sailors or British sailors were called limeys because they were <laughs> well, I didn't even know time that. out at sea. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I have accumulated so many random facts over the years. But yeah, so they would spend time out at sea and they would only eat like hardtack and uh, I'm trying to think like canned meat or whatever, whatever British sailors ate in the 19th century. So they would get scurvy, which is a vitamin C deficiency. Anyway, so <laughs> I think <laughs> this is also something that can happen to explorers sometimes. Basically, if you don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables, there's always like kind of a question of like, eventually you would probably get scurvy from it. And so I'm assuming that anyway, they were making pine needle tea. I mean, I just figured <laughs> like, yeah, thing. make tea out of whatever you can. Yeah. Like, Yeah, right. <laughs> that makes sense too. But yeah. Uh, I think at some point in the season, Travis says something about it. He's like, yeah, we make this for nutrients or something or something like that. So anyway, that's the tea that Lottie was making. And then she puts her blood in it. Right. It's like a little <laughs> ritual before Travis and yes. Matt go out hunting. Yeah. And I noted that this is arguably the first instance of cannibalism that we see in this season because they yeah. were drinking tea with human blood in it. So. There's a lot of like soft cannibalism yeah. launches in this episode like blood <laughs> drinking soft launching cannibalism yeah and then you it, know it gets a little bit harder are, with the ear at the end <laughs> right what are vampires other than just like soft cannibals right wow they're like diet cannibals that's really true it. and vampire everybody knows that vampires are like really sexy so i don't know <laughs> that's right what does that say about cannibalism <laughs> even sexier <laughs> It says that cannibalism is a great metaphor for love, actually. Exactly. And this this definitely, as I was watching this, I was thinking about that a lot. And I was like, yeah, you know, actually this every, mm -hmm. this episode fits the idea. The cannibal, this is the cannibalism is love season. Yeah, so. I have a note about that. Literally. I mean, later on, there's a scene that like is yes. literally that basically. Uh -huh. So, uh -huh. um, <laughs> some, some. And they're not subtle about it either. No, not so. at all. <laughs> You'd have to be pretty illiterate to not understand it, to be honest. It is quite literally spelled out. <laughs> yeah. Some notable things. Um, Ty and Van are literally tied together with a rope at their wrists. Shauna is sleeping in her spot where she slept next to Jackie. And Jackie's spot is reserved, is reserved but empty. Yes. It is. It is. Yeah. Sad. Single tear. Yeah, she's she's not sleeping up in the attic with Taisa anymore. Van is doing that instead because Shauna has other things to worry about, like grieving Jackie. So yeah, um, also probably doesn't want to hear 
them, you know, getting up to whatever they're up to. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> she doesn't want to be third wheeling tying man. Who can blame her? Yeah, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on up there. That's for sure. <laughs> Travis and Nat are using the porn magazines like for warmth like they're putting them under their yeah. jackets which i thought was fun <laughs> that's crazy i i had i every time i see that i'm like does that actually work I, like i don't know i mean i imagine just like try whatever you can whatever makes yeah. more layers that you have around yeah gotta, but like, i've never heard of that before funny. no <laughs> me neither <laughs> we found use for the porn practical use right? for the porn look at that well, another practical use. I guess the first <laughs> use is practical in its own way. I guess, yeah. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. So Lottie has like this sage that she lit and I figured I guess she made it out of sticks. I was like, where'd she get sage from? I don't know. Maybe the, maybe wild sage is something you can harvest in the Canadian wilderness. Perhaps. I'm not going to say I know anything about maybe that. Maybe Cabin Guy but... had some and he was into it. Yeah. It could be herbs. Well, because they, you know, like Misty is collecting herbs and stuff. And so, and and we see Mari put like herbs and the stew and things like that so it could be like some herb or something that she's burning yeah she has a whole ritual that she does to like does. bless natalie and travis before they go out hunting and you can kind of tell that Nat is just like putting up with it and then she says it's not like the wicca bullshit is doing us any good and then <laughs> yeah. lottie says well, you keep coming back alive, don't you? And I was like, well, yes, to both of those things. Like, there's no proof either way. This is still the show being ambiguous. Like, you can yep. argue it either way. So <laughs> Totally. Both of them are right. Yeah. This is our season of Lottie Nat, by the way. Oh, yeah. I we get into that. it right like, off the bat. We do. And in both timelines, really. I yep. think that's one of the reasons that, that re the relationship between Lottie and Natalie hits so hard is because it's playing out in parallel in the adult and the team timeline. That's a fun thing. Lottie and Nat, sure. huge ship. <laughs> People <laughs> oh, <yes>. love them. <laughs> so popular. Inaugural episode for Lottie and Nat. I know we mentioned when they interacted right. in season one, but like... All three of the times they interacted <laughs> with season in season one, we were very excited about. But also, like this is really where they where they they debut as a thing. yeah. Now like, there's like layers to it because they exist as adults. So right, and they do have a, they have a lot more interactions in the teen timeline like immediately. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also it also feels much more charged. I was like honestly, I was watching some of these scenes and I was thinking like, okay, if Lottie slash Nat slash Travis is not a love triangle, why does it kind of feel like one i was thinking like, about that times, later I'm obviously like, but yeah. yeah and it, like, it could be oh, the thing okay. where it's like a true love triangle because you know how they're like oh it's a love triangle but it's really <laughs> yeah. two people going after one person yeah. no a true love yeah. triangle is if everybody is interested in each other like it has to yeah. be fully connected i can kind of see that and i but i can also see it as like uh well i mean travis his feelings towards lottie are kind of weird and ambiguous like they yeah. do kind of come across as like maybe sexual at times like in this episode we have the travis boner jump scare later on we'll talk and about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't wait but like i don't know and then other times it's just like he sees her as like a spiritual leader or something so i'm not really entirely sure about that at times it, it seemed like they were trying to portray it as a love triangle and then other times i was like it oh, seemed like it at first but then it was more clear that that like wasn't the case at least to yeah. me like that's not how i yeah. saw it i think it it almost felt like they were 
trying to like set it up to like make you think that it Mm could have been a love triangle and then it turns out not to be kind of thing well because it's more complicated than that it's not just like travis like travis sees lottie in like a really complicated way it's not as simple Mm -hmm. as like oh he's attracted to her or whatever yeah so which i actually do kind of like appreciate because normally it would just be like oh horny teenage boy and he wants this girl and then he wants that girl too yeah exactly it's not as simple as that the whole yeah. thing with like it being more tense between Natalie and uh, Lottie, like I know we talked about this a little bit with Lottie about how her character is like basically the thesis of the show, but mm-hmm. it really feels like this season they have Natalie and Lottie being like both of the extremes. Like Lottie is like the extreme mm-hmm. believer, spiritual god like person and then natalie is like the extreme skeptic in season one it was more of focus on taisa but in season two it's really like natalie is the skeptic and that's why she has so much tension with lottie because she's like the most opposed to it out of everyone i agree with that which makes like the ending of the season with her becoming the antler queen so much more interesting yes and i'm i was just gonna say i'm pretty sure that's why they did it just because it makes it makes it more fascinating that then at the end of it, this person who has been an absolute skeptic the whole time is like the person who is in a way like most accepted and loved by the group. And it's also interesting because it's like there's this in-group, out-group theme that's going on. Like, you know, people who are outcasts versus people who are accepted by the group is like definitely a motif uh that's present in this season for sure and you kind of tend to think that natalie would be an outcast right but i think there's a part of her that craves acceptance in a way yeah and that's really interesting when contrasted with the fact that she's basically like no your guys beliefs are all fucking stupid dumb bullshit so <laughs> yeah and it's interesting like, because oh, yes queen yeah like nobody like <laughs> Like, if that were Ben saying that, they'd fucking, like, hunt him and eat him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, like, the fact I that mean, it's Natalie. Yeah. Still time for them to do that. Yeah. You know. I know, but, like, they respect <laughs> Natalie is the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, nobody's, sure. like, or if it were, like, Misty. Like, nobody wants to listen to how Misty feels. <laughs> true. true. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, so, yeah, Lottie Natwatch officially on. There's going to be a lot more of that in this season. It also seems like... In this- episode too yeah this episode travis became like a full lottie believer in between seasons presumably that's Mm -hmm. what it seems like yeah which i understand maybe why because javi's been missing and you know lottie has been giving him a lot of like comfort and hope in that so yeah we see a little bit of that later on in this episode uh directly where lottie is like she just straight up tells him she's like javi is alive She's technically right, although at this point in the season, I was like, okay, Javi's definitely dead. I never thought you know, he was usual... dead, just because I thought it was too obvious. Okay. I was like, That's mm, fair. they wouldn't be talking about it so much. It I... wouldn't be such a big deal if he were just dead. But then there's also like the matter of, I agree with that, but then there's also the matter of like Crystal's missing body. And I'm like, I truly mm. don't know what's going on with that because I'm fair. pretty sure she's dead. But, like, why did they make such a thing of the fact that they couldn't find her body? Like, why was that? You know, you know? I only vaguely remember that, so I guess maybe okay. <laughs> okay. when we get to that oh, part, I can... Sorry, spoilers. Oh, no. 
<laughs> Wait, you're telling me Crystal uh, dies? But I love her. <laughs> Cedar Kid representation. She's the most Riverdalian character in this show. <laughs> she like, by far. She has a line later on that I swear to God could be right out of a Riverdale episode. I feel like they probably <sighs> did say it in a Riverdale episode. Yeah. We'll get there. Lottie draws a symbol on the window. It kind of seems like, you know, Lottie has assigned meaning to it right or yes. like reclaimed it in some sort of way and then yeah all of the girls why would go she be that. drawing it on the window right. if she hadn't right like it's not like she's just like hmm like it definitely seems like it like has a purposeful meaning to her yeah and probably not a bad one because she i mean so we know this now uh i think in the episode where with shauna's baby shower uh, that's the one where she gives Shauna a blanket that has the mm-hmm. symbol drawn on it. And Na- I think it's Natalie or somebody's like, why why, the- why would you give that to her with that creepy symbol on it? And she's like, I think it's a symbol of protection kind of thing or something like that. Yeah. So at this point, you know, having seen the rest of the season, we know that Lottie believes it to be a symbol of protection, which is interesting because the show primarily has just presented this symbol accompanied by creepy music so far. So I I never had any reason, you know, before that to believe like that there could be anything positive associated with it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, she's drawing it on the Um, window for like good luck. It's her cult symbol later on in life. Like she's still, (laughs) yeah. And I think the show definitely plays with the idea of it being like, ooh, a creepy symbol and, you know, attaching that to the character of Lottie. But it seems like from Lottie's perspective, the symbol is a good thing. It protects them somehow. Yeah. And I guess, again, it's not proven either way so far. So mm-hmm. it's really just how you interpret it, because I would say that like, yeah, like the other girls and then as adults too, like they don't they're not happy about the symbol they're like ew fuck that creepy ass symbol (laughs) so (laughs) so they're rescued in 1998 this is the only scene in season two that we see of like a post-rescue uh situation and i remember when this episode first aired i kind of thought they were going to do a thing where we saw a little bit of it every episode like every episode Mm -hmm. we got to see a little bit more of like what happened but like it was gonna be a formula yeah or like they'd follow a different character because this is just following lottie but no that does not Mm -hmm. happen it's just for this one episode (laughs) with lottie they only use it to introduce lottie which i guess is interesting in its own way because i i thought the same thing like because season one we mentioned it at the time for at least a couple of episodes it kind of follows a format of like this episode is more focused on one particular character right so like there was a misty episode and then there was a thais episode and there was a natalie episode kind of thing so you know season one had a little at least a little bit of a formula there for a while kind of and so they could have gone down that route with season two but they definitely don't it's it's just lottie we only see used to kind of introduce her adult self in a way which is interesting uh yeah i see why they would do it with lottie just because i think it is important to see what happens to her right after the rescue because it informs her as an adult whereas like yeah because like very specific things happen like yeah and i mean it does show us like why in a way i guess nobody would have been in touch with her because yeah she was you know yeah according to them she's been in a mental institution in switzerland for like 20 years or whatever (laughs) right and she's like what no that was like a decade ago (laughs) so she was only in switzerland for like 15 years (laughs) 
she's been running a cult for the last 10, I guess. God. And still, nobody thought to call her. Jerks. Anyway. <laughs> right? Nobody thought to check in, like, just make sure mm-hmm. she's okay. So, yeah, right? I see I see why they did do this for Lottie, because I think she's yeah. probably the most... Like, everyone else, it's like, you could assume what happened to them after they got rescued. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, they were acclimating back to real life. But, like, Lottie's such a specific situation. Yeah. Although I do like, still want to oh, see more of them post-rescue. Running a cult in upstate New York. Hard agree, by the way. I can't wait to see more post-rescue stuff, but... Yeah. So yeah, the 17 montage continues with Lottie, basically, you know, after we see the post-rescue stuff, it shows her getting electroshock therapy, and it it does look horrible, and they present it in a horrible way, and I'm sure there has been discussion about how accurate this is, and whether it demonizes, like, electroshock treatment, because that is a treatment that still does happen, Uh, and so I'm not going to give any opinions on that, because I don't know enough about it to say either way yeah i've heard that um, it, it does exist and it's actually effective and it's not like yeah. how they portray it here like it's not <laughs> yeah. that like scary yeah. and intense like it's actually well, a legitimate medical yes. procedure so yeah i mean i think it's it's definitely dramatized for that to be very young lottie like af- immediately after this we see lottie with like a bob haircut uh presumably (laughs) mental institution and she does tell another character that they helped her so it does not seem like like it's upsetting the way that they present this and they really make Mm -hmm. her parents look really calloused like they hey doc can you fix her i think her dad literally (laughs) says something like that and it's like jesus dude but it does it's not like like she's severely traumatized or anything right exactly not like she was stuck in the woods for 19 months dude like, okay, also without her meds the whole time, practically. And that's just what they know about. Like, I'm assuming that they don't know about the cannibalism, but who knows. But yeah, so like Lottie, she does, there's another, there's a woman in like the mental institution or whatever who's freaking out and she tells them that they, they helped to fix her. And she puts on her, her hand on her this woman's chest and that's like gonna be a recurring motif in this season Mm -hmm. so i thought i would mention that but yeah so it does it's kind of interesting because it does seem like for at least some period of time on the show lottie is able to control the symptoms of her illness and i mean she does get treatment besides the mental institution in switzerland like well we we see her going to a therapist in season two and (laughs) well yeah well So, okay, maybe we don't know exactly how much treatment she actually got, but... To be fair, though, she does... Imaginary. Yeah, to be but fair... But she's been on meds. She asks for more meds. She knows that the meds work. Like, yeah. it's very clear. So it's like... Yeah. I think it's one of those situations where it's not... It's not entirely clear exactly how much treatment she even gets in reality because you know we're seeing it from lottie's perspective and she's uh not entirely sure about that herself but it does seem like she does actually get some treatment and it it does seem to have been working for at least a little while i think when she starts seeing the therapist in season two i'm skipping ahead again i do this all the time <laughs> in this podcast damn it but when she starts seeing that therapist i think she mentions like oh you know where's the other doctor and the therapist is like i'm new you know because he's on vacation or some shit like that so it seems like it does seem like lottie has been getting treatment and her symptoms are not uncontrolled or anything so anyway um i agree like it definitely seems like she like 
has at least like lived been able to like live you know a, a somewhat normal life and she's not any more <laughs> well, fucked up than any of the yellow jackets would be right. right even if we wouldn't say normal i mean she's running an entire cult and well, that is a lot yeah. to organize oh, speaking, you know speaking of the cult i did find it interesting yeah so lottie told her roommate in the hospital they can make you better the same way they helped me and then it like cuts to like it like transitions to like adult yes. Lottie speaking to her cult members and yes. she says nobody can help you i certainly <laughs> actually can. well she's like no one can fix you but you yeah. is essentially what that little speech was about and so that was that jump cut was like i was like fun, oh actually. what are they saying and also you yeah. could even say like was Lottie talking about the medical staff when she said they helped you or was she speaking about like they as in some higher power i don't know yeah maybe she was talking about the wilderness guy she could have been because her speech (laughs) as an adult also seemed to very much embrace like you're truly you your primal self like she definitely believes they were who they were supposed to be in the wilderness seemingly she embraces yeah which is like kind of an insane thing for her to say actually yeah yeah she said a bunch of stuff about like oh we have a primal elemental self that we shouldn't suppress meanwhile you know the Sharon Van Etten song is still playing and it's still saying I used to be free I used to be 17 implying that and this is something we've talked about before that they were the most free Mm -hmm. when they were in the woods when they were 17 or eventually 18 whatever (laughs) yeah Um, or 19 I don't know (laughs) 19 i don't know when their birthdays are exactly (laughs) but yeah so i found that really interesting too she she does mention like she also mentioned something about how we're making ourselves sick and i was like yeah that sounds a little uh, leadery yeah okay although i will say to be fair not all of it but a lot of the stuff a lot of her like philosophy is like typical like uh like spiritual like meditation yoga type philosophy that i've heard yeah it does found like like basic spiritual guru stuff Mm -hmm. and it's but in the context of the show a lot of it it felt like it had some kind of double meaning to it like definitely uh, yeah i mean specifically when she talks about like the making ourselves sick stuff you always have to wonder whenever lottie talks about illness i mean it's an open question whether she believes herself to be ill or whether she believes that the visions that she's getting are something that's real, or whether they are, whether she actually is ill. So that's always still an open question, the whole, is she schizophrenic? Is she having genuine visions? Yeah, because it is interesting that she's all like, oh, you're every, like, the world is stopping you from being your true self. And like, she clearly believes that they were free in the wilderness. And yet she also is still, and she didn't have her meds when she was in the wilderness. And yet, she mm-hmm. still subscribes to the idea that like medication helps her as an adult. Yes. So yeah, that's also really interesting yeah. too. And she she says a bunch of stuff about how like oh none of it is real, but like what what exactly are you talking about that you're saying is not real? But yeah, a lot of it is like it sounds like a standard like spiritual guru type speech. And or like you're, if you're like doing meditation, really... guided meditation, like like that's how she's sure. talking. <laughs> yeah, you're listening to meditation tapes, and they're like, um, relax. You're laying on a bed in the middle of the ocean or right. whatever. I don't know if you've ever Only done. You can only you can help yourself. You have to exactly. You have to keep like be optimistic about things, and they'll work out. Right? Like, yeah, yeah. But then, like in the context of the show, it honestly sounds a lot more sinister. It does. I mean, because it's also like a cult. It's clear that it's a cult, but it's also like 
obviously cult leaders all think that they're like doing good but it's also but it's like it's not like that horrible the cult like the stuff that they do in the cult as far as we know except for the weird thing that we saw in this episode like it's like i don't really think it's like that harmful i think I think that's a deli- that's a deliberate choice on the part of the show is they're like, we're going to make Lottie a cult leader, but then we're going to make her like kind of a nice cult leader and not that bad, really. <laughs> like it's more like and a like, community. Yeah, basically. They're like kind of subverting the idea of Lottie as a cult leader because, you know, honestly, in both timelines, because she's more innocuous than you would think based on the fact that she is essentially running two different cults over the course of the season. Yeah. So. But I agree. Yeah. Also, by the way, historic first appearance of adult Lottie. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> huge deal. Uh, life changing. You know, life the culture changing. shifted when this happened. But uh, played by Simone Kessel. Yep. Great performance. No notes. Great. Great. Uh, again, Yellow Jackets did it again with their amazing casting. They look amazing so similar. Casting. You know, yeah. they did a great job. Although I think we can also thank like Melanie Linsky because didn't she tell them like hey this is my friend Simone Kessel from New right Zealand. yeah Simone Kessel from <laughs> she would be a great Kiwi, choice Kiwi I hear Simone you're looking Kessel, for yeah. right I hear you're looking for a Maori actress like hey I know somebody yeah you know? so thank you Melanie Linsky um right as if we don't have enough things to thank her for <laughs> no like for her real great performance on the tv show Yellow Jackets amongst or, many other things yeah constantly being the world's biggest gay or ally that one iconic tweet that is like my, one of my favorite tweets ever you know exactly yeah. the one i'm talking about i sure do <laughs> um I'm trying to think of how we would explain it the to... one where like it's like some where... some like lesbian like at her like... on twitter and they're like i love i love your work like yeah i, I, I love you in the last like... of us and on yellow jackets or whatever yeah the, like the lesbians love you and yeah. melanie linsky was like oh i love that so much and some straight guy responded <laughs> replied and he was like hey us heterosexuals love you too melanie and she's like thanks that's also exciting but not nearly as much so (laughs) yeah she was like thanks but that's not nearly as exciting to me (laughs) (laughs) that's not as great but you know i appreciate you too Uh, it was so funny great tweet she loves the gays she loves the gays she Um, loves us and we love her so yeah before we move on we did kind of skip over the the like rescue scene where like all the news reporters are yes i don't really have that much to say about that scene although i will admit that i do kind of act like a crazy reddit person and like pause it and like (laughs) analyze everything but obviously they don't show anyone that we don't already know is alive so um natalie's hair is great (laughs) it's like fully grown i know Yeah, it's like black yeah. with like a little white tips at the end. I that's always an interesting thing for me to think about because I like the I like the idea of, you know, and this is probably getting way too deep into it as I usually do, but like I love the idea of her hair uh the the black roots coming out as representative of like the darkness is seeping into her you know what i mean wow as her that's hair beautiful black over the course of the show because <laughs> then when we see her as an adult her hair is fully black so it's like it's already in her you know because natalie is this character who seems like kind of pure at the beginning mm-hmm. right or she's like morally the most upstanding of them it 
often feels like but then like the darkness gets into her anyway and she does you know. feel like as an adult like she is never absolved of that like the darkness is exactly. just in her so it does make like sense like that guilt yeah. is just weighing her down constantly now yeah other notable things Misty clearly is doing the attention from the, oh the my media God, yeah. <laughs> she's like smiling Misty is so funny because she has like the opposite reaction to everything yeah uh, from the rest of the girls Shauna is like, like fair like she's like you know she she almost like punches a reporter at one point <laughs> like which is so shana yeah very so shana um lottie looks kind of catatonic except for the part where she she walks up the the steps of the plane turns around and screams right that's how the whole opening so. sequence ends it goes back to yes. also i didn't i was like oh my god they have to get right back on a plane like i haven't even thought about that right the trauma <laughs> oh my like, god okay, i would not be the able worst to do thing that that's ever happened to them happened because of a plane crash and you guys are gonna put them on another fucking plane like okay right. like can you just drive them back to new jersey to you could, the reporter you could. was saying I mean, that they went 600 miles off of their flight path so i was like whoa yeah that's insane yeah that's or crazy. they could take a train or something like, helicopter even? Are... Mm-hmm. yeah helicopter is pretty bad i think a helicopter would be scarier actually <laughs> yeah a train a train works like train i think canada must have trains right <laughs> i don't know i mean i know america america kind of has trains they're very expensive though. no i'm sure canada has trains everywhere has trains yeah. right i mean that's like the the og like style of transportation transportation <laughs> yeah and in some countries they have like modern high-speed trains that go everywhere right not this one no not this one <laughs> Yeah, that's the opening sequence is Lottie screaming. I was going to ask, though, so the rescue scene, I'm trying to think. I feel like we should mention this because I know people have theories about it. But like, if you pause it and you look, sometimes people will be like, oh, I paused it and I saw this this person who looks totally like Mari. Or one time somebody was like, oh, that's Laura Lee. And I did I pause and notice like, some faces and I was like, I don't know who these people are, but I personally don't yeah. really care enough to put much thought into it. I really don't. Yeah. I think that was one of those things where like, I honestly think they just got some random extras. Yeah, and we're like, I agree. We're going to put them in the scene to get to make people guess or whatever. I don't know. They were like, we need like to that. make it look like there's more people. We're just going to put random extras. Yeah. Like, I don't personally actually feel like that's confirmation that anybody is alive. I still don't think Mari is alive. I know I love her and I love, you know, adult Mari, alive Mari truthers, you know, support you guys in your crazy mission. But I don't believe that it is. Agreed. We're not saying that it's not true but yeah we don't know really we don't know we choose to not overthink stuff like that something like that i would not take that as confirmation at all because i don't think it was something that was meant to be like oh you know we're secretly hiding a a seventh living yellow jacket in the the opening episode of season three because that's kind of honestly like the most obvious place to even put something like that it's it's too obvious really like why would they do that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so but I just thought I would throw that out there, like, you know, because that is a thing, like, I've seen people 
uh, on Reddit who were like, oh yeah, this is totally proof that Mari is alive or whatever. And it's like, eh, I mean, no, if you want to view it so. as proof, then go for it. But like, don't be disappointed if that doesn't right. come to fruition. It, when she falls into a pit of spikes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not saying that she's definitely pit girl. She's just one of the likelier suspects at this point. Yeah, definitely. We've talked about pit girl. Um, All right. New credits. They added some new shots to the credits. There's some new names in the credits. Simone Kessel, mm-hmm. Lauren Ambrose. Were like Liv Houston and Cordy in there before? Were they like guest stars? I don't think they were in the credits. I... Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I would have had to watch the previous season credits to see. Because I, I don't I think, think they, they were... were. I think they were credited as recurring last season. So they might not have actually been in the credits. Yeah. That's. But yeah, good for them. Good for both. Good of for them. everyone. Good for yeah. Lauren Ambrose for being employed, right? <laughs> even though she's also good for 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 getting the check, even though she's only in like five episodes, which she's still credited. <laughs> right. right. Also good for the teen actors, you know, getting promoted from recurring to regular. Yeah, That's probably really exciting finding out that your character lives through the whole show on this kind of TV show where it's like gruesome and you know. I'm sure they could, were so happy. Like, yeah. Yeah. When they found out that they were getting adult versions of themselves, like... Right. Because then it's like, I think uh, Kevin Alvis or somebody talked about that. He was like, yeah, I got job security. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I know I'm going to live to the end of the show. So it's like, true. We love that for you. I mean, adult Travis doesn't, but, you know... But he's still there. Travis makes it. He is, so... Um, Yeah, I love, like... A lot of the, a lot of the added stuff to the credits is really good. I like it. they do a lot of mm-hmm. like uh like a shot of the teen character and then a shot of the adult character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they do that with like Shauna and I think they do it with Van. It's cool. Yeah. They do a lot of that stuff in season two where it's like a transition from like the adult actor to the teen like actor. Like teen adult, yeah. 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 And it's like identical. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um They're showing off their good casting. Yeah, as they should. I like it. I mean it could be, you could think like, oh, that's a little on the nose. But honestly, I like it. I like it every time they do it. Me too. To me, that's I know a, that some that's things they do. The appeal of the show yeah. is like. It's the casting. You know? Well, yeah. And, and the the existence of both timelines mm-hmm. and the way that they like parallel and inform each other, you know. Yeah. So, some things they do are overkill, but I don't yeah. think this is one of them. I always love it. No, I, <laughs> I like that. Yep. Someone is interrogating shada and the voice is like so distorted and weird sounding that like you immediately know that it's like not real and it's weird and then it's revealed mm-hmm. that it's misty who's like using like a voice modifier yeah. app or something yeah i think that the scene is really funny too because shauna is like really bad at lying in spite of the fact that she's a compulsive liar it's just like part of her character is that she lies all the time but she's also like really bad at it yeah like like, why didn't murder that guy and then misty is immediately like i didn't mention murder which is true she didn't so (laughs) (laughs) that's why shauna's so fun she's so chaotic agreed yep misty wrote shauna or she made was it a cookie it was like a cookie cake yes she's like the only thing you should ever say to the police is i want my lawyer that's why i put it on the cookie and then they they cut to a cut of a shot of like a giant cookie that says i want my lawyer on it frosting <laughs> like misty 
took the time out of her day to make that. And honestly, she's right. And Shana should have mm-hmm. taken that advice because that mm-hmm. is all you should be saying to a cop. Like She sure doesn't take that advice, though. We would Damn. have gotten rid of so much of the nonsense this season <laughs> if she was just like, I want a lawyer. You know what? If the characters just listen to Misty. Yeah, just listen to Misty and let Misty deal with it, okay? She may be crazy, but she knows what she's doing. Yeah, when it comes to crime, she knows what she's doing. I guess only Nat's the one who knows that because Nat's the one who got her help. But it's like, come on. Misty made punch and like thought they were going to have a little get together. And she's like, yeah. she's like, Natalie and Ty are only an hour late. And Shauna's like, yeah, they're not coming, Misty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She said that's actually on time for people who aren't coming, which is like brutal line. <laughs> <laughs> I felt kind of bad. True. But I was yeah, also like, I, I, don't, about it too. I don't know if I would drink Misty's punch, to be honest. Like, I really don't know if that's it's a good idea. It's called Hawaii. 5-0 punch yeah. by the way um which is the same as regular punch but she said she thought the name sounded better or something like that christina ricci you're so great she's adult misty is she so is. funny in a way that like she's so good teen misty is like annoying obviously <laughs> like you're supposed to be annoyed by her that's kind of like yeah, her whole yeah. existence but it's like yeah like adult misty is like actually hilarious too uh-huh. while also being annoying yeah. honestly christina ricci is like so in her prime on this show yeah i feel like it's one of the best performances out of a like a lot of really good performances obviously i love the whole cast but like she is so good on this show she's just so effortlessly funny and like she has the same amount of craziness as young misty but in a way that's like somehow just incredibly funny every time and it's like it's like she's, she's a lovable sitcom character <laughs> like that's really kind of yeah yeah even though like she literally like murders people right. and like poisons people and stuff like that but she's somehow like so likable in the show she I don't really know how she is does it, man she's so good i mean not she that i so care good. about murder obviously i <laughs> love all of these characters in spite of the copious amounts of murder they commit i don't care about that okay so she stabbed a guy i don't care exactly <laughs> shauna can stab who she wants natalie Whatever. literally stabbed someone with a fork in this episode like right taisa at the dog shelter i forgot about this i was like oh my oh god my- not the steve thing <laughs> right not steve. it's funny too because like she doesn't know that anything has happened to biscuit yet and she's already replacing him with steve well like, yeah this kid ran away and they haven't been able to find him so yeah so she's like i'll just get another dog she's kind of you know? trying to like buy sammy's <laughs> affection in a way yeah i also yeah i also felt kind of bad for this random minor character the woman who works at the dog adoption agency she was so sweet she was and she was like i phone banked for you because i thought you were so genuine and real and taisa like she looks like kind of sad about it for a second yeah she looks like like... the facial expression was giving me that like she feels bad because she doesn't actually care about the politics because she was gonna drop out and so she's like oh like that sucks that this person was like so gung-ho about me running and it's like i don't mean which is better than her just not caring at all right i agree and it's also kind of interesting she she tends to meet throughout the season like random people who are like oh yeah i voted for you like that trucker guy <laughs> that she meets halfway through the season he's <laughs> like yeah i love you and that man and it's kind of funny because it's like i don't know i hadn't thought about this before i started talking about it just now but like maybe she did have a genuine calling in politics but like the politics is also 
dredging up this other part of her life that's throwing her whole like safe comfortable life into chaos so obviously i understand why she was going to drop out and whatnot but that's kind of interesting like this idea that she was like a genuinely at least talented politician that people seem to believe in and then there's also the double meaning of it like i just you know i i voted for you because i thought you were so genuine and so real and then thaisa is also like currently basically living almost a double life kind of thing you know like so anyway let her Going to immediately adopt a dog was very funny to me. I just have a note that says, she does not give a fuck about that dog. She literally is like, uh, just give me that one, I guess. (laughs) She doesn't even look at them. She's like, oh, I want that one. Like, okay. (laughs) Honestly. I mean, Steve looks like a cutie, but like, come on, girl, what? If I were this girl, I would have been like, wow, that was kind of disappointing. Like, don't meet your heroes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Even though I love Ty, but like she's such a fucking asshole. But like that's why I love her. That's why I love her. Yep. Also, I just want to say that she looks so good in this scene. I don't know. Maybe I just like miss seeing Tawny Cypress over two months. Understandable. But you're also correct. (laughs) But it's a great outfit. And also, so much of season two, she's just wearing like Vans, like baggy clothes, which like we love. Don't get me wrong. That's true. But I got so used to like her looking like that in season two that I forgot that she looks like this in season two. So where she's like wearing the the power suit. The power lesbian politician clothes. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Then she's like on um the phone with her kid is it like her assistant or her campaign manager i don't know but i think it's her campaign manager but also just like i mean she's not campaigning anymore right, right. so but she was talking about getting reelected already yeah yeah but it's probably also just like her i don't even know what you call them chief of staff there you go sure who like <laughs> runs her day to day i mean she's we've talked about this she's a state senator in new jersey which is like honestly probably not that big of a deal you know if you don't understand what the i mean i don't i don't really know anything about the new new jersey state senate but like state senate is not a huge it's not a huge level of government i think a lot of people when they watch this show they definitely thought that she was a senator from the state of new jersey which is very different and that's actually a powerful position she's at a fairly low level in american politics so she would be in the legislature of just one state you know and also like because the show takes place in early november we have to mention the weirdly compressed timeline of the adult stop reminding me about that uh she's like literally just gotten elected and she's not going to start her actual job for at least two months maybe longer depending on when the new jersey legislature is in session so like yeah i don't know anyway this dog's just like barking at her and i was like get away from that dog like what are you doing with this dog ty please poor steve (laughs) poor steve yeah hey she's gonna do better with him she says i hope she does we have yet to learn Mm. the fate of steve but i hope that she does get better with him it's a low bar honestly (laughs) yeah if he lives to the end of the show we'll be very happy about it we will we sure will Missy's recent call log on her phone. Taisa, Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. Hello, birdie pets. <laughs> Natalie, Natalie, Natalie. Yeah. <laughs> they were all outgoing, by the way. 
Yeah. Oh, of course they were. Are you kidding? She's like contemplating whether to call Natalie again. Like they're like she sure seeing is. each other or something, and she's like, should I call her again? Like, well, they're they're broken up and they're going through a rough patch right now. Yeah. So. It kind of does come across like that, though. You're like, oh, okay, definitely. So funny. Then she goes on to Reddit, and Elijah mm-hmm. Wood's voice is here in the voiceover. Hey, Elijah Wood. We I don't know if we've mentioned him yet, but he's a new cast member on this season. I. I don't feel like we have because I remember one thing that we talked about before we started the podcast was that you would listen to other Yellow Jackets podcasts <laughs> and they would always be talking about like Jeff and Walter and you were like, why are they always talking about the male characters? Like we don't care about them. We need to start a podcast of our own. The minor male characters, the women. you. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. It's true. Like For I don't sure. have any yeah. problems with Walter or Jeff, but like. Yeah. I just don't feel anything about Walter. Yeah. I would say. I did write down my favorite Walter theory is that he's gay. Um, he does seem gay. Obsessed with another gay man. He kind of gives me those vibes, to be honest. And I also think. But you know that's really not true. Fun. You know they're not going to make that canon. <laughs> No, but I think it would be really fun if they were just like, oh yeah, Misty is randomly obsessed with an- another gay man on the show. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just think that would be a great running motif. It would be funny. Uh, as a joke for her character. So, but yeah, I, I mean. Is that the actual case? Almost certainly not. He he just feels like like they wrote Misty a love interest in season two, and I'm not crazy about that because he's a man. And, I and also, he's basically men, but... just a male version of Misty, which is so boring to me. Like if you're gonna Honestly, make yeah. people, if you're gonna give a character a romantic interest, they have to be. I'm a big believer in like opposites attract. Like they have to be different, yeah. otherwise it's boring as fuck. Like I don't want to watch Misty I... be with herself. <laughs> like that's right. boring. I don't know. Right. I don't know. We haven't seen it happen yet, so I'm not trying to, like, hate on things that we haven't seen. Also, like... You know, Misty had a love interest last season. Her name was Jessica Roberts, and she killed her. So, <laughs> yeah. So maybe she'll end up killing Walter too. It could hey. happen. It really could happen. Honestly, I could see like it. it's a thing that Misty kills people that she cares about on the show. Yeah, so, it sure uh, is. Yeah, it sure is. That's how she shows her love, perhaps sometimes accidentally. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, love... I mean, I think Walter is. It feels like he's being set up as an an antagonist i guess to misty at i least hope in so this particular scene and take, oh yeah, in this they scene come yeah, back yeah, around yeah. to that i ho- that's more um, interesting to me is if yeah he's an antagonist. i agree we'll talk more about walter later obviously mm-hmm. but i do right. love how misty aggressively downvotes his comment on reddit i know yeah <laughs> that's me going through the yellow think- jackets reddit is this like right is this like the first appearance of the fake reddit on the show i think I so I don't think it was in season one, but honestly, this is one of those moments where like, so we talk about the Yellow Jackets Reddit. It's a big thing. It's kind of a big fixture in the fandom of the show. And like the writers, the actors have all talked about like reading about theories on Reddit and stuff. So like Reddit is a big place for Yellow Jackets fandom for better or for worse. And so I actually think it's kind of funny that they wrote Reddit in on the show. And also, I think that Misty being a Redditor is just the most accurate possible. Yeah, it makes so much sense. It's perfect for her character. Like, yeah, she would listen to podcasts. She would be on Reddit. Totally totally misty yeah 100 percent. so i kind of i don't mind the fact that they lampshade that a little bit like i think it's funny it's know. like a funny little uh, meta joke i'm a right. fan of meta like yeah. meta references and jokes i know some people don't like that I but i always like it i yeah. think it's so fun um yeah as long as it's not like too over the top 
I do tend to like it. Callie and her boyfriend are watching The Challenge, which I'm sure you're not familiar, but um, <laughs> I don't watch The Challenge, but I'm like peripherally, okay. peripherally familiar with it because I do watch okay. some competitive reality shows like Big Brother and Survivor and Challenge uh-huh. is in that realm. But okay. apparently the, the episode that they're watching is like a really iconic challenge moment. Like there's this guy on The Challenge named Johnny Bananas and... I don't know why his name is Bananas. What? Maybe someone else can explain. One of our listeners knows. But yeah, that's his name. That's like his nickname. And he's like one of the most, like he's been on the challenge like fucking 30 times like he's like the face of that show oh, and this like oh, wow. scene that they're I've watching i've never even heard of him yeah well there you I go i didn't know he was such a legend he's like a challenge le- he's like the guy from the <laughs> challenge like i know his name and i don't watch the challenge but um wow now i know yeah apparently the scene that they're watching is like really iconic and it's like older too it's not like current so mm-hmm. i don't know if you know the lore explain it to me i just thought it was funny that they were watching that <laughs> because it's like not like they had to be watching like old seasons of the challenge which is just like funny and I just, like, kind of love how Callie is with her boyfriend. Like, she's just like, okay, you can go. Like, I don't want you here. What's his name? I don't even know his name. Uh, Kyle. Oh, perfect. Of course his name I is Kyle. That. Yeah. He's, like, the most generic white boy yeah possible yeah like and it's really funny the way she treats him too she just kicks him out at the drop of a hat clearly does not care about him i mean you could parallel it to how jackie feels about jeff when they're teens true oh true in a way oh right? my god actually yeah and that's perfect because the show loves to it loves it's like callie jackie parallels mm-hmm. for sure in this scene when she was arguing with shauna i was just like this is like shauna arguing with jackie like whenever she talks to callie right? i'm like she's talking to jackie right now basically yep i know we've sure. talked about that a lot but like callie is the jackie analog so she is and callie also has her own uh homoerotic friendship oh my god yes we got that this season do yes who's excited i I never miss an opportunity to bring up a homoerotic friendship between two (laughs) girls uh on this tv show there are like 10 million of them so so maybe um alana is the shauna to jackie's jackie to callie's jackie oh yeah (laughs) jackie watch out yeah Yeah, Callie and Shauna, the way they argue is like they're teenagers, which is why I was like, oh, it's like she's arguing with Jackie. I just thought it was really funny how like Callie was like, you didn't even like dad doesn't even know that you're cheating on him. And then Shauna's like, actually, he does know. And then she was like, how could you tell him? Like she was just like mad about it either way. Yeah. Yep. The music supervisor loves the Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins needle drop. (laughs) They do. This is not one of... It's not one of my favorite needle drops, I guess, maybe because I don't have any attachment to this particular song. And it's just kind of like there. It's like, this one happens when... Oh, this is when um, Shauna... Shauna's talking to Jackie, right? right? they're playing Mash. Jackie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whenever that needle drop happens, I notice it. And then I'm just like, oh, it's kind of gone. It doesn't really... I I feel like that's one that doesn't really do a lot for the scene not that it's bad i agree it's not really focused on however the intro to the song is very like happy and upbeat sounding which i think is like funny because they put it on this scene and i think that that might have been that might have been why they put it in there because i always watch this scene thinking like it feels so weirdly jaunty for you know a scene where shauna is literally talking to a right i think that's the point i got a lot of those vibes in this scene where i was like oh they're making it like all like fun and like kind of funny and then it's like yeah. there's that smash cut to like jackie being like dead and it's like weird. oh 
that's really dark it's like fucking sitcom where she's talking to a corpse or something yeah like, it's incredibly dark when you um, like realize the context of it it's like whoa yeah and the whole conversation so like shauna is talking to jackie's corpse which and you're seeing it as like ella purnell like yeah ella Purnell's here in this episode she is she's guest starring she, she appears in like two episodes in her this season i guess yeah <laughs> Um, and she's like so sassy too because she's not really Jackie. It's really like the it's version like of Shauna's that inner thoughts. Yeah. yeah, it's Shauna's inner thoughts. That's also kind of mixed with like how Shauna sees Jackie. So she's a lot sharper, I feel like maybe, but kind of interesting the whole thing. So like, yeah, what what were they? So they were playing Mash, classic nineties. Yes. Uh, early 2000s game because i played it i definitely played it did you ever play mash um are you talking about tie and ban the game that no no, no i'm talking about um the game. game where you write down in the like jackie was writing in oh, the notebook mash you never played I mash vaguely, then, I guess. <laughs> maybe i don't know what it is stands it? for mansion apartment shack house and so okay, no. you write down mash and then you like have your friend count and you like tally and you write you pick like there's different categories so you pick like four people that you'll be married to and like how many kids you'll have or four places that you'll live or what kind of car you'll have and you'll either live in a mansion apartment shack or house and it like predicts your future or whatever and so then you okay. like tally up whatever number your friend counts to and you like process of elimination cross the names out and see what you get so <laughs> oh so, like right. it was like the options for who shauna was gonna marry i think it was like jeff coach scott randy was not in there surprisingly but yeah yeah i just well, thought it was interesting it's yeah shauna writing it oh right 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 jackie, yeah because jackie he would definitely write down randy true <laughs> yeah and shauna's results were that she was gonna live in an apartment in new jersey as a stay-at-home mom oh, yeah. with okay. one million dollars okay. and married to jeff see i remember that line yeah. i just that's like not the connect game. this <laughs> to a game at all because like apparently i don't think i ever played i this, played it so. a lot i don't know maybe i didn't have close enough i mean i had female friends though like i don't know yeah like i did this I and i did like the, the paper like fortune teller things um, oh we did that all the time yeah the, the paper thing those are really popular yep. i remember those the folded paper thing mm-hmm. and you would like switch it back and forth and whatever and the game that yeah, tie that and a lot. were playing too yeah i didn't do okay. that but like so, the boys in my school would play that and i was always like how do you dude, make that i never knew how to make okay. it okay I have a whole thing about that, which is that it's called paper football. Yeah, it's paper football. It's what they were playing. Paper football. Okay. In fifth grade, we had a paper football tournament. And I think I came in second place and I was kind of bitter about it. Wow, that's good though. But I was salty about the girl who who beat me. And also, I remember that that particular girl, I had a grudge against her. um, And at one point, we had a class election that was Bush v. Gore. And I'm really aging myself here because I was in fifth grade when Bush v. Gore happened. And of course, I was in like kindergarten. Of course, I voted for for Al Gore because I was a little you know like a little liberal <laughs> even when i was a child but like um this this girl who beat me at the paper football voted for bush and i was like you know what see oh. that proves that she's evil i would have i would have done the same thing <laughs> dude like i was so i was really upset and betrayed by everyone in class who voted for bush actually try being Which in high school valid. around the 2016 oh. election oh my god oh anytime my god, anyone dude. at my school even mentioned trump i was like i can't even look at you you're disgusting and Dude, there were so many people at my school that supported Trump. 
Where were, oh yeah, so they're playing MASH, and yes. Shauna's future is like basically what her future ends up being. A stay-at-home mom married to Jeff. I mean, I don't know if she had a million dollars or it's possible that she could have had a million dollars at one mm. point after they got rescued. I don't think so. I don't think and so And they either. clearly, they don't live in an apartment, but the other two aspects of it were correct, which is like weird to think about. Like, why is Shauna's subconscious telling her that she's going to be a stay-at-home mom married to Jeff? Like, she doesn't actually even care about Jeff. They they made that point several times that teen Shauna doesn't really care about Jeff. I guess maybe she so. thinks that that's what she deserves. Yeah, which to be fair, does seem like it's kind of the origin of their relationship is that they just she feels like she has to do that to justify the fact that Jackie died because she cheated on her kind of thing. So yeah, it's again like a really <clears throat> funny, like youthful. Youthful is not the word I'm looking for, but like ch- like they're playing like a kids game that you play when mm-hmm. you're in like elementary middle school with your like best girlfriend. And yeah. meanwhile, Sean is literally talking to Jackie's dead body. Yeah. Just like the Otherwise contrast is as, crazy. Yeah, it's her emotional support corpse. So she's been doing it's been a 2 month time skip. So she's been in the meat shed and people mentioned this several times during the episode for like 2 months talking to that corpse basically, which is like you said, they play it in such a jaunty way, but then you when you, once you realize what's actually been happening, it's incredible dark she's literally talking to a corpse like she this is how she's taking jackie's death is she's not talking to her like she's still there you know it's like Like she's just not accepted it it's deeply disturbing genuinely like i said like the cut to like they're like on shauna like smiling and laughing and then it like cuts back to jackie and she's like dead on the ground frozen and you see her corpse and it's like well oh jesus christ yeah it's so creepy yeah also, like the little detail that I noticed later on in the episode, like it's not, they're not actually outside in the winter. So that's why um, the CGI Shauna's breath looks really fake. But you can see Shauna's <laughs> breath when she's talking, and uh, Jackie, you cannot see because she's dead, which is like mm, a really small detail, but obviously intentional. Um, yeah. I only noticed it because. I could tell that it was fake coming from Shauna. <laughs> You're like fake CGI breath. Yeah. Well, this is this is the first episode I think where we get a massive amount of really fake looking snow. So yeah, because that won't be. They were the first... not filming it in the actual snow, yeah. except for a few scenes. No, that won't be the last moment where we get questionable visual effects at times so although you know to be honest, that actually matters you, to you it doesn't it doesn't matter bother me that much but i can't really tell because i don't yeah. live where snow <laughs> you're exists. not around snow yeah. it was so funny though because when i was watching it with a group they were like oh my god the snow is so fake and i'm like okay guys i get it we live in colorado whatever <laughs> I, you, yeah. you walk around we go on snow hikes and shit all the time but it's like i don't know it doesn't really honestly it doesn't really matter that much i saw a lot me. of people I mean, say that and i was like oh it is i didn't realize it looked fake (laughs) well see that's the funny thing though is that like there's no way that you would know that if you're not from a climate where they have snow which i didn't grow up with snow so like i'm i'm you know from a hot weather area just like you are so Mm. i don't know it's one of those things that it just like depends on like Mm -hmm. who you are but anyway yeah ty and van are playing paper football like we talked about which i was always so jealous of like the boys in my fifth grade class who would play it because i'd be like i want to play and i didn't know how to make the football dude well if we had been in the same fifth grade class which would have been impossible because you're like half a decade younger (laughs) than me at least then i would have actually i would have probably been really bitter you probably would have been really competitive with me (laughs) 
Yeah. You probably would have Honestly, won too. So I'm not a very competitive person, which is funny to look back on that part of my life and think about the fact that I cared about losing a paper football <laughs> tournament. So uh, maybe that, maybe there was such trauma from that, that I was just like, oh, well now I, now I can never get over this, you know? Now I don't care. I don't know. I have to be right. apathetic. Yeah. Van is sleeping up in the attic with Ty now, which we mentioned, but season one, Van would never, which is how you yeah. know it's serious. Van was serious in this episode. I was like, wow, she is a committed. She is number yeah, one supportive She's ready to get married. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. like, whoa. She's like about to, about to drop on one knee, you know, and propose like yeah, for with real. that paper football right there or something. I don't know, but. Yeah, she's got like a really bad cut like on rope, her wrist. Rope. Cut? Yeah. yeah, like open wound on her or wrist. Or like rope burns or yeah, something. Yeah, it looked basically. like really painful. And Ty, Ty's like, what the fuck? Like, you, we can't keep doing this. I'll sleep up there by myself. And Van is all like, um, okay, Rapunzel, haha. Like, she's being Van. And then she's yeah. like, I just want she's you to tie me jokes up. About yeah, it. of course. Which is so funny. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. Also, her scar has healed. It's been two months. It's not fully healed, obviously, but it certainly looks better uh-huh. than it did at the season one finale. Yeah, it looks very stylish. Yeah, it looks, um, you know, like <laughs> sexy Scarface, you know, like, ooh, like you have scars. Yeah. <laughs> Akila did a great job. I'll <laughs> she say should that. be a plastic surgeon. Like, yeah. Um, I think she, in a lot of, I'm revealing a lot right now, but in a lot of fan fiction, I think Akila is a surgeon. <laughs> They're randomly like, oh yeah, she went to medical school. I don't know if I've like, read I that's so funny. a fic where Akila is that heavily featured, but I love no, to hear yeah. it. No, yeah. I think it's, it, I think it's just as like a background. Character. Yeah. Like she's like, just if like she mentioned. Gets mentioned. It's like, yeah, she was a surgeon <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's so cute. That's funny. I love and that. then Mari will be like a chef or whatever. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and I'm like, that's kind of, it's kind of dark though, guys. You know what? I see for Mari I see her being Uh like a house like a real housewife or like Mm -hmm. some like trophy wife type of deal like that would be her thing yeah I could see that (laughs) I could see that like she would just like marry really rich and be yeah something like that uh-huh yeah i could see that um or she could be running um like a multi-level marketing scheme. yeah <laughs> something like that something that is like she's like a questionable like she's, person like what was there there was some like promotional thing during season two that people went really crazy over it was i think it was in like fangoria or magazine or something like that where they had these like descriptions of all the characters. I'm vaguely remembering this. And they, and they were accurate. And then Mari's was something like, like she's the person, I think it was modeled after a yearbook. So something like, she's the person who met- messages to you at your 25 year reunion trying to sell you, you know, on a multi-level marketing scam or something like that. Yeah. And a lot of people t- were like presenting very serious theories about how this Fangoria magazine feature meant that Mari was still alive. I remember and she was going to message somebody on Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, guys, I think you're taking that a little bit too seriously. That's funny. Uh, I don't think that, I don't think that Bart and Ashley were like, told fangoria magazine hey mari's running an mlm can you put this in here like <laughs> would you spoil the show by putting this in here like no guys. that's a fun just, like making a joke about her character yeah. but it was so funny it's very believable for mari so. speaking of mari she's all like isn't it weird that we're letting shauna just like stay out there talking to dead ass jackie <laughs> And I was like, yeah, you're right. For two months? Like, that's weird as fuck. Why are they letting her do this? Why are they even keeping Jackie's body? I 
Like, what are you doing? I agree with that. What are you doing? Honestly, and everybody in this, so Ben is like, hey, she needs time to grieve. Lottie is kind of like, hey, Mari, don't say that or whatever. But, but it's that's like, not honestly, a healthy way to grieve. Like, that's no, fucked it, up. And Akila agrees with her. That she's like, yeah, maybe she's going like Norman Bates or whatever. Like, it's weird. It's like. It's not okay. It's definitely not a healthy way to grieve. I understand like, that okay, we're in just... a crazy extreme situation, but like. Right. But yeah, this is one of the scenes where it's like, you know what, guys? Mari is right. Okay. Maybe you should listen to her. Like the uh, fact that like nobody actually... was like, are you actually fucking kidding me when it first came about in the first place? Like, yeah. I know that Thaisa puts a stop to it in the next episode, but it's like, why did it take you two months? Right. Like, you should not have been letting her do that you for guys... more than a day. Right. Just didn't want to confront her about it or what? I guess Thaisa's like, busy. Okay. She's got a lot going on, but it's true it's true yeah sleepwalking girlfriend you know yeah she's busy it's like actually insane the jackie thing yeah yeah <laughs> but um melissa exists which i didn't realize that she's not oh. in season one but hey melissa yes. and crystal and jen gets lines we're getting new characters yeah Right. So we have our historic first Melissa appearance. I feel like there might have been like one shot in season one where somebody was wearing a pink hat. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember it. Because I think I, I was looking for it last season, too. I was looking like, oh, is there any... Obviously, this actress was not cast yet. But, like, maybe they had somebody else wearing a pink hat. Anyway, Melissa is the girl who wears the backwards pink hat <laughs> throughout the season. And then eventually, at one point, eventually she takes it off. And that's when you know things are getting really serious. <laughs> um, that's when she's pledging fealty to Nat at the end of the season. I was when that happened, I was like, "Oh my god, Pink Hat Girl took her hat off!" Uh, <laughs> but yeah, her name is Melissa. It's a historic first Melissa appearance. We're introduced to her in the scene where Jen is like, Jen gets her first dialogue. Also, she's like trash talking. Yeah, Jen is girl. sassy. She's she she's, she's kind of so like Mari. Funny. They're kind of presented yeah. as like the uh, lower classmen, like freshman sophomore JV. I think they are. Yeah. I think they're in. JV and so they're like oh what do you think they're talking about and she's like they're dumb boyfriends or some <laughs> stupid shit <laughs> which is so <laughs> funny because like literally about. none of them have dumb jock boyfriends but like <laughs> no exactly exactly it's so funny like the only person arguably who had a dumb jock boyfriend is Jackie and she's dead so <laughs> um but yeah but yeah they're kind of like I... gossiping and being little, like yeah. little haters they're little like what are the side characters from Hamlet, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? They're just like these side characters that like the show cuts away to sometimes and they say funny things and I really enjoy whenever they show up. So. And they tell Crystal to shut um, up, who's another new character yeah. who just exists yeah. to, to forward Misty's plot, essentially. Right. Yeah, yeah, she's the origin story. I realized this at some point. She's she exists to be the origin story for why Misty likes musicals, which is kind of insane. It's crazy, actually. Um, yeah, we but didn't I even mean, need an origin you know, story for that. Like, we could have just accepted right. it. She does have other like relevance. Like, she becomes a parallel for like Nat dying eventually because it's like, oh, I killed my best friend, and she also did that to Crystal, and mm -hmm. blah 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 blah. So they do make some use of that, but it's kind of basically this is the thing that people had a problem with in season two is like a couple of characters just kind of randomly show up. Not Jen because we noted in season one Jen was there. So she Jen was. Is she's been here from Jen the beginning is, she's been here the whole time you know chen's a legacy character but <laughs> they do have some new characters like melissa or like crystal notably because crystal actually gets a fairly 
major-ish role in this season, like major for a side character kind of yeah. thing. She gets an arc. And so people were like, yeah, people were like, who the fuck is she? And like, you know, they can't just have this random character show up. This is a thing that TV shows do sometimes. Yeah, there's always new um, characters in new seasons of shows. That's just yeah, how it is. And I think the thing is like people didn't like it because it, it feels like how can you randomly introduce like a, a new character, you know, in like a wilderness situation where there would be a lim- limited set of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why they have random extras basically appearing in a lot of the teen timeline scenes on the shows because they, they don't want to be specific about exactly how many girls are out there or like who they are because they wanted to keep that open. Now, like whether that works for you or not, I mean, that's up to the individual. Right, like, exactly. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me that much. I can see. I think with Crystal, it's just funny because she has like such a loud personality. Yeah, like, that it's like, how would we have missed singing her? Show, exactly. She's like singing show tunes and stuff. Like Jen and Melissa, I can completely buy as characters who would be in the background, right? Because they're just kind of like, they're bitching about the, the main click. And, you know, they just have like these sassy little comments sometimes. And Crystal is just like, like she would be singing constantly in season one. She'd be the annoying theater kid, which is what she is, you know? So I, yeah. I can see that. I can see why that upset people or whatever, but, you know. Yeah, anyway. but then again, when you understand that her character is just there to be fridge for Misty, essentially. <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Like, Pretty Misty much, had yeah. to have some sort of thing going on this season besides being obsessed with Ben. I guess. Yeah. She kind of moves on from Ben a little bit. Yeah. Like, she has a, a scene later on, but for the most part, she's not obsessed with him anymore, which is kind of a relief for me. Yeah. Because Misty we didn't obsessed like that. with Ben is not my favorite plot line on the show, so. Yeah. Subconscious dead Jackie is interrogating Shauna about how she got together with Jeff, and she says that Jeff didn't want to be with her because she wouldn't put out, and Shauna's like, I didn't know that, and Jackie's like, but you did. At first I, yeah. at first I was like, wait, is this true? Because this is actually Shauna's subconscious, so it's yeah. like, how well, would she know that? The thing is, like, I mean, Jackie might have actually told her about right. that is what i was that's what i thought that too, jackie because had, jackie said like you did jackie know. at some point yeah exactly and also like this just the whole fact that uh jackie is saying this indicates the fact that shauna must have known about it because like she's arguing with her own subconscious this is just like a weird disturbing form of therapy for her since jackie is just literally a figment of her imagination i honestly thought that line was really kind of interesting because shauna's like and she she looks guilty about it too and she's like i didn't know that and it's like but she actually did know that mm-hmm. this is just her trying to she's lying she's trying to, to like jackie yeah. that exists in her own head and denying it to herself that she did know that that was why they had an argument like wow there's a lot there's a lot there's a lot there. of layers because that's like yeah that makes it even more fucked up that she did it yeah exactly because she knew that that was i mean that's you know that was the reason why they were fighting or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah also like fuck jeff for that i understand that he was a teenager but yeah if true, no, like, the implication okay. that he was like pressuring her into having sex is like gross dude yeah so yeah not not great I just have a note that said only in this show would some crazy shit like this happen. Like Shauna is like arguing with herself via her best friend's ghost and then she like pushes her and then her 
ear falls off because it's frozen and then she like freaks out about it and then puts the ear in her pocket and it's just like what the fuck is going on <laughs> like what is this show <laughs> yeah it's kind of crazy yeah so jackie's like yes you did of course you knew whatever and then shauna's like getting mad at her and like fighting her and then of course it's a fucking corpse the whole time like it's really, you know, it's kind of effective, the whole thing, because, like, you know that it's, obviously, it's Ghost Jackie, but, like, they do get you to briefly forget about the fact that she's talking to a corpse sometimes, and then, you know, then she pushes over the corpse and the ear falls off, and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, <laughs> it's yeah. all very crazy. It is. Uh, anyway, at that point, I think, then it, it cuts to, after she puts the ear in her pocket, I think it cuts to her bringing uh, the bear meat. Mm-hmm. to the cabin and my principal thought in this was like damn that bear meat looks really nasty it's like gray mm-hmm. it doesn't look like i don't know what that said like, mm, is... the bear meat looks delicious <laughs> the meat like meat is supposed to be like red or pinkish color and it's like gray and like it looks like the ear nasty squiggles it's like so gross like ew. yeah it looked really nasty. that's why obviously why shauna looked at that ear and was like mm, good yeah true it looks very Look similar to what she's been bear, eating right which by the way they're running out of bear meat she yeah. says the rations are less Important. so they're hungry hey we're establishing the fact that they're getting hungry <laughs> oh, and they're running out of food and travis and natalie yeah. are very unsuccessful in finding any game so uh-huh Oh man, I wonder if there's another source of food. <laughs> hmm. That's also in the meat shed. <laughs> Interesting. Not to spoil anything. Yeah. It's not like that happens in the next episode. Mm-hmm. God, we're going to have so much to talk about in the next episode. What a big episode. Shauna, like, opens up her safe. Oh, earlier on in the episode, she told Misty that she burned everything of Adam's. She got rid of everything. But she actually is keeping mm-hmm. his wallet in her safe. She lied. Which, of course. You know, Shauna moment. Yeah. Why would she tell... Honestly, why would she tell Misty the truth? That would be very out of character for her. True. Because she seems to not trust Misty at I mean, all. does anyone tell Misty anything? No. No. And then Misty is, you know, somewhat correctly, she's usually like, hey, I help you guys out so much. Why are you so mean to me? Like, right. Exactly. I appreciate anything that I do for you. And it's like, granted, some of the things she does are kind of crazy, like spying on them, but she makes some points sometimes. Yeah. You know, like she does some, she does some shit. She killed a person for them. She's like, very helpful. Yeah. In her crazy, her own special way, you know, yeah, she's helpful. <laughs> Anyway, I'm like always defending Misty on this podcast. It's because it's Christina Ricci, I'm telling you. No, legitimately. Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) So yeah, Shauna kept Adam's wallet and he has a drawing of her in his wallet, which is so fucking creepy. I mean, everything that we see from Adam in this episode, even though he's dead... (laughs) <laughs> incredible like concerning levels of creepy yeah like borderline i don't know if they were trying to portray this as romantic like he was really in love with her but it honestly kind of gives stalker vibes because he has like 40 fucking how do you even paint that many paintings in such a short amount of time <laughs> you know, people have pointed that out before as like evidence of a conspiracy kind of, i don't know it it's I just they're, he's they're trying creep. to show yeah. like he was really obsessed with her but like wow dude that's way over the line yeah like but yeah so she finds his keys uh i think she has his keys and she's like basically she decides that they need to break into his art studio so she calls jeff about it and he's like mcdonald's chicken nugget department and she is like (laughs) so unamused by his little like joke Uh shtick. like she's just like what she's like did you just say chicken nuggets 
have some serious business to discuss, Jeff. And he's like, I sold six sectionals today or whatever. I wish that I could achieve happiness as easily as Jeff. Like, he's such a simple man. You know, no, I was thinking about like, you know those memes where like like it's a it's a cat you see some kitten and it's like you know only has one brain cell or whatever that's kind of how i feel about that <laughs> like you know there's just not, there's not a lot of thoughts behind there but he's clearly happy in life so hey i guess he's figured something out i think some sometimes that's the key to being happy is to just like not think about shit <laughs> because when you think about it too yeah. much it makes you really depressed yeah uh-huh it's like the pra- you know they say ignorance is bliss like there's a reason yeah that's true unfortunately that's right. unfortunately i cannot be ignorant like i refuse to live my <laughs> life like that i unfortunately you cannot turn your brain off it just keeps going all the time i wish i could yeah. wish it wish it thought less thoughts sometimes but it does not alas so <laughs> unfortunately huge recurring problem in my life <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Taisa, at first, there was like the scene transition and they're at an elementary school. And I was like, what? Who's at elementary school? What's going on? <laughs> Why are we at an elementary yeah. school? But Because it goes from, it cuts from Jeff and Jeff and Shauna talking. And you're like, uh, what? This doesn't make any sense. Because you assume Jeff and Shauna is going to cut to like Callie or something. Yeah. But no, wrong, ch- wrong child. <laughs> Callie is far too old. <laughs> yeah. Taisa has showed up to pick Sammy up from school with uh, the dog. Steve clearly here to like you know get some of his affection yeah and it worked like he's excited he's like oh a dog or mm-hmm. whatever and she looks kind of deranged that she's showing <laughs> off this dog in the car yeah and the whole scene is kind of crazy because like she's like oh I tried to call you Simone or whatever it, it, it just Simone's react Simone so okay so the last time we saw simone uh was in the season one finale when she finds biscuits beheaded like head and heart on an altar so i under i totally understand why she acts this way it just kind of makes this it makes ty look really insane yeah like simone is super concerned about sammy she's like stay away from him blah 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 whatever and it kind of looks like it it kind of feels like Thaisa is like, she just randomly showed up to kidnap this child. I, of course, it is her son. So, you know, it's not, I don't know. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a funny, kind of an odd scene. But yeah. Well, because Ty doesn't know what she's talking about. Yeah, exactly. I forget that too, because I forgot that as I was watching it. I was like, how does she like not think that this is overstepping? But then I remember, oh yeah, she doesn't know right. that. <laughs> Simone found Biscuit's head in the in the basement. She doesn't know yeah, how like, like from Ty's pocket she's being from right Ty's now perspective, for... Simone is just like freaking out for no reason and she's like, yeah. what's going on? I have no idea what you're talking about. Simone yeah, is justifiably like, like Yes. Even if you she threatens to some... go to the press, she's like, if you don't get help, I'll go to the press. And I was like, honestly, that's not even extreme enough. The press? No. Like, what about the cops? Not that I would really yeah. want to go to the cops with anything. Right. But like, but like it's not extreme TV enough. Show yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, okay. The, the last thing that you saw related to your wife was like the dead dog's head and heart on an altar in the basement. Right. Like, uh, I wouldn't even know what the fuck. Like, what do you do after that? <laughs> yeah. 
how do you react to that? Like, and also she shows up with a fucking dog in the car. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, what, For real. What kind of a weird move? You and know? she's right like, to not want Sammy to be around. Like she doesn't fucking know. Yes. Completely justified. Sammy to, must be uh, so confused though. Like, can you imagine? Yeah. Like yeah. Simone's just like yelling at Taisa, and he has <laughs> no fucking idea. Like, I would have so many questions. I'd yeah. be like, Mom, why were you yelling at her like that? Like. Hmm. There's a chance that Sammy knows about it, though. Like, Sammy, later when we see Taisa go down in the basement and find the altar, I was like, that crawl space seems like something a kid would definitely get into. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just... Oh, I hope not. That sounds so true. Yeah, I hope not as well. But, I mean, Sammy does know about (laughs) Ty to some extent. True. But I'm sure he doesn't put it together. I think that would... Yeah. He loves Ty, like... Does. He does. Yeah. So, I mean, Simone is justified in this scene but it's also like ty has no idea what what's going on yeah i realized that at some point in the scene i'm like oh right that's yeah ty doesn't know about what happened to biscuit yet so yeah and then at the end of the scene she's like fuck i guess i have to figure out what's going on i can't avoid this (laughs) shit anymore (laughs) like i spent my entire life doing Although she doesn't, like, actively seek out to find what's going on. Like, she's kind of, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you would think she'd be like, mm-hmm. wait, what is Simone talking about? Right. So Misty goes to try to figure out, oh, first of all, like, poor Travis. He's having, like, a freak out because he's, like, out hunting with Natalie. And they're actually looking for Javi. Like, Travis is looking for yes. Javi when they go out hunting. This is a scene of Travis and Natalie marching through the fake snow. <laughs> I thought this was real. I heard that they shot some of this stuff in actual oh, snow. Oh, okay. I Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, though. I heard like, that. I just I heard that, like, that Sophie Thatcher and Kevin Alvis, like, actually did film in snow. I don't know what, oh, what interesting. scene's for, okay. but yeah. Okay, okay. So maybe not fake snow. <laughs> Again, like, the snow thing didn't really... It wouldn't have bothered me had other people not pointed it out. That's what I'll say Same. about that. Even though I do live in a place that does get snow, so I do know what it looks like. But And I walk through it a lot. To me, the thing that always gets me is the fact that they're like knee-deep in snow, and they're not wearing waterproof clothes by any measure. Yeah, they'd be and like soaked. I would be, uh, yeah, you would be so uncomfortable walking around and like it looks like travis is wearing jeans now of course he's probably layered it like several times but like if i were walking around in snow in jeans like with the snow up to my knees that would be a really bad situation i would be worried about them getting like frostbite Mm -hmm. and shit yeah so that is one thing that i always think about when i'm watching these scenes but like i don't think that you know real realism is not the first thing on my mind in this show i don't it definitely not care that much about it so you know whatever but anyway yeah Travis still believes Javi is alive against all evidence and like he's right but it's still kind of wild uh, no yeah like I, I get it though like it would a definitely lot of be the Natalie in this situation going. like duh like it doesn't oh, make yeah. sense for him to be alive but also like I mean it makes sense because like his whole focus you know since their dad died travis has felt like he needs to take over i guess as you know like a surrogate father essentially for hobby so like he's focused on hobby and he he can't accept the the idea that he honestly is probably dead like we know he's not dead but if you're looking at it from the point of view of these characters like he would have to be dead like, yeah that, that would be crazy for him to be alive <laughs> so yeah so but, he has a yeah. moment where he like hallucinates like hobby like dead in the snow mm-hmm 
Yeah, another character hallucinating. Like, oh my god, how many have we had at this point? Too many to Quite count. A lot. Yeah, Shauna most obviously early in the episode. Lottie obviously quite a few times. Many Some more. things that are but like anyway. unclear whether they're hallucinations or not. Natalie and the um the moose mm-hmm. later on in this season. Yeah. Um. Even like Ty and the man with no eyes. I mean, obviously he's not mm-hmm. actually there, but like. Yeah. Well, yeah, so that would count. I'm trying to think of who else. I mean, Akila and Mari in this season, right? Yep. Basically, everyone has their little moment where, like, they think that they see something and it's either not real or just something else. Or, yeah, you know, that goes along with that recurring theme of, like, thinking that you see things that may or may not actually be there. Not being able to trust your own perceptions of reality. That's a big thing for Lottie, but it's honestly a thing for a lot of the characters, too, so... Misty kind of finds like her perfect opponent in this man at the front desk of the motel that Natalie was staying at. Oh, I kind of like this scene. It like yeah, I wrote down. I called him randomly He's like, fun hotel. If concierge. Misty were like a really depressed middle aged man, like yeah, yeah, because she comes in and she's like, "Hi, are you the whatever the manager? Do you own this place or are you the manager?" And he's like, "Uh, no, I'm actually the lookout, and you know, my buddy is inside robbing this place blind or something like that." But he says it in this very deadpan, like mm-hmm. honestly, I think it's a Canadian accent, and that always stands out. To it me. probably like, is. What is this Canadian man doing in New Jersey right now? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know, because he's probably from Vancouver or something. Yeah, I don't know where he's a local Vancouver actor. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I mean, they shoot like half of TV shows in Vancouver, yeah. so it's safe to assume that if somebody sounds like they're Canadian, it's because they are. Natalie describes um, Matt and says, brunette stunning, it looks like she could stab you. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Which is so funny. And that's that's how Misty sees Natalie, and that's like the highest compliment that she could possibly give her, so. Definitely. I even think Natalie would be flattered by that. Yeah, she probably would. <laughs> She'd probably be like, yeah, thank you. I will stab you. Although I I don't... Well, she actually, she does stab somebody in this episode. Never mind. Huh. Wow, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> right? I only just realized it just now. I was like, I don't think she would stab somebody. Nope, she does, actually. <laughs> she literally stabs somebody, like, five minutes from now, so... <laughs> but yeah, Missy's trying to get him to tell her what happened to her and he eventually just like lets her by her being so annoying she she gets what she wants basically yeah and she also threatens him she like she knows his social security number and shit because of course she does it's misty she walks in and she's like larry whatever and she says his full name and she says his social security number and all that crap so it's like she threatens him and he eventually is just you know yeah relents seeing jeff and shauna walk up to adam's studio and i was immediately like oh not this scene i know this i i this is so i think it's honestly i think it's kind of dumb plot plot wise because it's like it's so dumb why are they even it's so dumb why are they going to his studio why do they have sex in it and get their dna all over exactly it? like they're so everything fucking about it stupid. is like they're, they're, they're honestly they're so dumb in this whole episode like when the tree catches on fire although that's obviously supposed to be funny but there is a really funny moment in the beginning of this though where he's like sounds like chronic are you sure this is his <laughs> yeah well there's that and then he's also like he's like are you sure this is his and then they cut to a shot of a, a coexist sticker <laughs> on the door and shauna's like oh it's his god <laughs> 
It's just like, yeah, okay. And then Jeff's like really not funny joke about art majors. Yeah, I never thought that was very funny. And it, I mean, I guess that's the like point. It's, it's a dad joke. I know, but but he acts like it's the funniest thing ever. He's like, how do you get an art major off your porch? You offer to pay for the pizza or whatever. It's like, okay. Like, okay, so you're okay. saying that art majors don't make any money? How is that funny? <laughs> how did they get the pizza in the first place? No, I think we're thinking about the, the implication is that the much. art major is the pizza delivery guy because they have to like do that as a job. Oh, ah, uh, I'm done. Oh my god, I, didn't, I never it's got it. Okay. It took me a while like, too. So That's why I didn't I get it because it's a fucking dumb joke. <laughs> like whatever. Okay, yeah, Ooh. art majors don't make any money. Yeah, we oh know. God. They know. They They're work aware. Pizza delivery guys. <laughs> Because you make so much money, Jeff. Like right, and I'm also I'm sure there were some art majors working on this show. Oh, definitely. Like art majors who get jobs work in you know Mm -hmm. media, basically. Any sort of any sort of art, not just like painting, like you know, acting, theater, yeah, music. I don't think the show is like making fun of art majors. No, it's just just Jeff being bad at making jokes. Like, (laughs) oh man, that's funny that I didn't get that. I feel like an idiot now. I'm like, oh, okay I get it. I finally get it. I didn't get it the first few times I watched <laughs> it either. It's fine. <sighs> anyway, yeah, this scene, it's really dumb. And it's also like, I don't know. We already talked about how the paintings so, are crazy. Like, it's a literally just like yeah, covered. Paintings are There's fucking like nuts. a hundred paintings. So what they do is they take turpentine and they like scrub down the paintings and like... I don't. At I'm first, not sure I thought I really they were going to set them on fire. Well, yeah, like set the whole studio mm-hmm. on fire, really. Which, to be fair, that would probably kill some people who were in the building or whatever. Like, it would be bad. It would also be really suspicious. But like, but also like they just go in here and they just scrub off the paintings, and this is their solution. That makes to... it look even more suspicious than it was before. It does and now the DNA is like everywhere. Trying to how do they not even cover think up about a that? crime? Yeah. And how do they yeah. not even think about the fact that their DNA is everywhere? Like, are yeah. you fucking stupid? Just... Why did Shauna pick now to, like, be all horny and seduce him? <laughs> okay, uh, so that well, was I actually do have a sexual thing for her, being there with yeah. Jeff. Well, that's kind of a... Right. And that's kind of a thing that I think actually is pretty consistent with her character, which somebody on Twitter once pointed this out, and then I haven't been able to forget it. But, like, basically, she's turned on by the wrongness of a situation, and therefore, like, the more fucked up it is, the more like horny she gets essentially which honestly (laughs) makes sense of essentially every sex scene she's been in in the entire show right like why'd she have sex with jeff because because of that because it's like in the like why did she cheat on jackie because it was wrong like why did she cheat with adam because it's like Mm -hmm. every she only seems to really get excited about it when it's like really fucked up so like they're doing this really fucked up thing they're having sex in a dead guy's art studio or whatever which you and know, a guy who gross, she was having an affair with yeah exactly and she she tells jeff this whole thing about like oh i used to imagine somebody making out with you and you know it would turn me on or whatever and whatever not interested in their heterosexual <laughs> sex game, but... well it's just like yeah shauna's like into fucked up stuff like mm-hmm. i'm not not yes. to like quote-unquote kink shame or whatever i don't really think that's a thing but like i think it's like <laughs> Shauna, we all we always talk about how they all have like really fucked up, you know, outlooks on everything, which makes sense considering the trauma they've been through. But we've also talked about how teen Travis has like 
weird sex hangups and like it makes sense that they don't have weird sex hangups being that they're teenagers but also like specifically mm-hmm. with Shauna her whole like arrested development thing with like how in the first episode she was like masturbating in yeah. Callie's room and like yeah Shauna's okay, like the only another... one that as an adult seems to have like some weird like sex thing though which is like an interesting yeah. thing about her character sexual hangups specifically and like a yeah like you said her arrested development is tied to her like sexuality Mm -hmm. and i think i mean you can certainly tie that into the fact that like when she was a teenager she did this fucked up thing sleeping with jeff her her best friend's boyfriend and that one thing basically ruined her whole life or you know it it caused all of these after effects that were really horrible so she got pregnant and she had this baby and and it died in the woods and it was horribly traumatic uh and also that whole pregnancy like ultimately caused her best friend's death like all this traumatic shit basically is all tied to that so it's like the arrested development Mm. is tied to the fact that her having sex with jeff that one time is what did this so it's like now that's very like intimately part of her sexuality is you know she gets off on things that are super fucked up yeah it actually wouldn't make sense if she wasn't like weird about sex right she was just (laughs) normal normal yeah (laughs) she was just like oh yeah you know having normal sexual relations like anybody else yeah yeah no it, it does make sense like that's definitely a an established part of her character so yeah it's an and i guess like the the painting that it that the shot kind of lingers on of like shauna's like mess up face like i guess that's symbolic i don't know maybe it's foreshadowing i doubt it's foreshadowing but i don't think it's foreshadowing no i don't think it is. i know some people have that theory that like all the adults are gonna die but like i don't think shauna will even if i don't think that's true i don't believe in that theory but like shauna's not gonna die i don't believe in that theory either because it's so like okay they all die one by one it's just like so kind of boring it's, yeah that's like, a, like a nothing burger that, of like an arc like it's like what's the point kind of yeah exactly like okay they all die what was the point then like yeah. they're all gonna die okay cool i guess i mean maybe they could make something interesting yeah i don't love that theory but you know not to trash anybody's theories maybe that'll happen um i think people who really like angst like that idea because they it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> to think about all the characters dying right uh, right and I do. I agree that it would be horrible if that happened. I don't think Shauna would die because, like, she's kind like, of the Melanie lead Linsky in a way. Yeah, is she is, and also Melanie Linsky is like the big star on the show. Mm-hmm. So she's the only one that gets Melanie nominated Linsky for awards. Show, like, what do you mean? Well, I think Christina Ricci gets. <laughs> she was, but too. Melanie Linsky gets yeah. like Melanie Linsky was nominated at the Emmys, I think, for for lead actress. And I was like, yeah. How do they decide, like, only one actress out of all of them gets nominated, and then it's like... I know. How do you decide who gets supporting and who gets lead and blah, 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 whatever. I understand they do... The way that they submit is just whatever will get them Whatever they think they have the best chance, which is... And when you actually look at the submissions, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like so insane the way that they divide it up. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, so like, like I know for a fact that. So they like would... Juliette Lewis gets submitted in lead and then Sophie Thatcher is submitted in supporting right. when like they have equally the same amount of screen time, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if it's the or exact like, same amount. Sophie but, like, the same Nelise would get supporting and it's like, girl, she's yeah. a lead and she would she's deserve a lead actress, Mom. Yeah, I mean, I would think i 
I thought she deserved whatever she was robbed. Anyway. But they wouldn't even fine. submit her for lead. They would submit her su- for supporting. Yeah. So I think they did submit her for lead this last time around, oh. though. Well, that was never going to happen, think. unfortunately. I know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, why would they nominate her over Melanie Linsky? That's the thing. Which is why they do support yeah. it, I guess. Exactly. But yeah, anyway. Well, it's Hollywood. I don't think any of the young actors are going to get their due. No, they're not because they don't get, so. yeah, they don't have like the the star, you know, status or They whatever. haven't put the time in. I think it's really, it's like, you know, people are like, oh, Christina Ricci and Melanie Linsky, like they've been in the industry for decades, so we can give them awards mm-hmm. now. Yeah, because it's like, oh, well, yeah, like they're just good in everything. You don't have to watch them. Just nominate them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like whatever. if you actually I mean, watch Yellow Jackets, then. They're yeah. great and they deserve it, but still, it's just whatever. Yeah. I think that's I think that's dumb. That's Hollywood industry and insider bullshit that I don't care for. Yeah, so, anyway. me either. I, I tend not to. Uh, I try not to care about that stuff. Okay, so back to something that we really care about, which is the Jeff Shauna sex scene. <laughs> oh, do we have anything else to say about it? Uh, n- number one crush by Garbage is used right. as a needle drop in the scene, and I liked it because to me, Garbage is a very, very '90s band. Mm-hmm. Like they just feel quintessentially 90s to me so that's all that's the only other thing i have to say about a really appropriate song for this scene specifically yeah yes crystal is using the outhouse which i guess when they have to poop they have to go to the outhouse but they have that pee bucket inside the cabin which becomes a thing later on in the season um she is singing because singing helps her move things along <laughs> which is something that misty did to ben in season one if you remember right um yeah and misty tells her to shut up and then she's like oh why don't you sing with me we can harmonize and i was like oh that is the true foundation of a friendship harmonizing with each other right this is the point where i wrote down that crystal is the most riverdalian character <laughs> on the show so. oh this isn't even scratch the surface on Riverdale, there are actually only one character is like a theater kid. Everyone else is just like, we're randomly doing a musical episode and you're going to sing. See, see, but then in the meta, you know, it's like theatrical, like theater kids would enjoy that, you know, because yeah. they randomly do musical episodes. Right, like so. the writers of the show are theater kids. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I think you have to either be a theater kid or like theater curious to like musicals and not everybody is that, which is why Hollywood is currently trying to hide the fact that they're making musicals. Right. Uh, it's such a popular again. opinion to be like, I hate musical. Like a lot of people, oh, a musical. lot of people I don't hate like when they break out this song like okay you're so original with that thought like get over yourself you don't have to like some of us but i hate some of us enjoy an alternate form of art okay get over yourself i hate when people act like they're superior for not liking musicals like right it's like oh okay so you're just writing off an entire art form and you think that's cool yeah like they think that like musicals are like childish or like usually when people say they don't like them it's because they think it's unrealistic for people to burst out into song and it's just like like everything everything has to be realistic is unrealistic superheroes are fucking unrealistic (laughs) like what do you mean i'm so tired you've never watched anything that's unrealistic like what are you talking about literally yeah Sorry, like you I know, like them more because it's unrealistic. Yeah, it's like yeah. I like musicals because they're so over the top and campy, and it's like exactly fun. they embrace the unrealism. Right, not everything in life is about realism. Okay, especially in art. I mean, so get over. Yourself. I use art as an escape 
So I don't need to tell you, yeah, I like musicals. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, are you watching a Saw movie and going, oh, this is so unrealistic. <laughs> they would never be in that trap right now. Like, yeah, you're right. It is unrealistic. Who gives a shit? Come up with a real criticism. You yeah. know, like, okay. Yeah, like, you don't have to like musicals. But like, my general opinion on things that is like, if it's good, I like it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't typically like, you know, like historical crime movies or whatever but like if it's a good movie i will like it or like i don't like country music but if it's like a good country song it's good yeah if you just open your mind to things then you can enjoy a lot more in life okay open your mind to musicals that's my rant for today (laughs) i don't know how we got on that we're defending theater kids like really hard yeah i was like theater kid adjacent in high school i think that's why Yeah, see, I didn't like the theater kids at my high school. My but best I don't friend was a theater kid, people. and I went to all of her shows. Oh, okay. So I was kind of, like, yeah. converted. That's fair. I was, like, an anime kid, so and that's honestly wow. lower on the rung <laughs> than theater kids. Or I was, like, I didn't actually watch that much. Like, my friends were always talking about Naruto. I've never seen an episode of Naruto, but they were always talking about it. I was just like, okay, cool, whatever. So I was really on the bottom rung of the high school social <laughs> ladder. I mean... <laughs> I don't want to sound like superior or anything, but I didn't really have like a click. Like I had friends in a, yeah. in a bunch of different like quote unquote clicks. Like I had friends. I was I friends would... with a bunch of different types of people in high school. So yeah, I would say that too. I had friends in in various different places. Yeah. I don't feel like my high school was super stratified. Mine though, wasn't either. It's like we never. It's not like you know. I hung out with the anime kids. It's not like the anime kids ever got bullied by anybody. Right. Like, well, the thing about my high school is that there was so many kids. Like there was too many kids for there to be any hierarchy. There was like thirty five hundred kids. Yeah. So how? Yeah. Like, yeah, there was, like, football players and cheerleaders, but that's only, like, 30 people out of the whole fucking school. So how are they going to have any sort of, like, hierarchy over anyone? You know what I mean? Everybody just, like, hung out with who they hung out with. But that was... I definitely did not care at all about... I don't know if anybody else did, but I certainly did not care about football players and cheerleaders. I didn't either. I mean, I barely even saw them. There was too many people. Like, I didn't even know who they were. In middle school, that was a thing. In middle school, we had cliques and, like, popular kids. But in high school, no. Anyway. um... Oh, I wanted to mention there's this one scene. I don't remember which order it happens in. But anyway, Shauna is staring at Jackie's Mm -hmm. ear. As you can see, you can hear Tyler. I was just going to mention this. dinner. Yeah. I noted the same (laughs) thing. And I was like, oh, my God. They really love their little... Little little joke. Oh yeah, you're so funny. There. You're so funny for that one. I see what you did there. <laughs> Shauna dinner. Like, oh, as she's looking at Jackie's ear, contemplating what to do with it. Yup. Misty's like stirring their pot, which is like what Mari's in charge of. And Mari and Akila mm-hmm. kind of like come up and bully her, and they're like, What are you doing? Get away from the pot. You have to go get water <laughs> because you drew the three card or whatever. Yeah, and they clearly don't trust her because she poisoned. Well, okay, so technically it was Mari who put. That's what I said too. In. I was like, technically, Missy didn't put anything in the pot. So yeah, this isn't really. But they basically yeah. they don't really trust her to be around food. Which, to be honest, I get it. They all had this weird ass drug trip. But, you know, at that point, blaming that on Misty, like, there was a lot of personal responsibility that they needed to take for that. Anyway, I did think that, I think this is the first mention of the card draw being used to select chores. Because mm-hmm. she drew a four. And it's so and offhanded. Like, it's like, you don't even know they're is. talking about cards. You know what? 
everything about the cards, everything about the build up to it is so like it's just random occasional little moments. Like it's actually really subtly incorporated. Yeah, like you wouldn't know so. unless you're like deeply entrenched mm-hmm. in the show. Right. Oh yeah, so we have our little Ben and Nat duo scene, uh, first of the season. Natalie is like mapping, they're mapping out the wilderness, essentially. <laughs> like Nat is like walking farther and farther every time they go out and like drawing it out on a map and Ben is making it into a map. Useful, useful stuff. I do love, I do always love yeah. the Ben and Nat duo while it lasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely breaks up by the end of the season and yet. I think so Ben uses this doesn't he use this map to figure out where a hobby's little hidey hole is or something like that I think so yeah later on in the season yeah so I think that's why that that's established here well and also the thing uh, with like, like um Van being like oh it makes the symbol oh yeah <laughs> Van thing. seeing the symbol and Thais is like whatever <laughs> it's just a bunch of packs <laughs> they have their little philosophical argument you know yeah. like all married couples do <laughs> Yeah, they talk more about how, like, it's not possible that Hoffy's alive. Um, yep. And adult Misty is having a little breakdown in Natalie's hotel room. And, like, when she says, don't cry about this, Misty, babies cry. That always makes me so sad. I know. It's like Misty doesn't let herself cry. Aww. We see her cry in this season, actually, in the teen timeline, at least. So I guess she thinks it's a stupid thing to cry about. And then we get, we finally see Natalie, adult Natalie. She doesn't make an appearance until like 40 minutes into this episode. Yeah, and it's because Misty just figured out, oh, somebody must have busted in the door. Yeah, because the hinges Uh, are all like fucked up. Yeah, and like kidnapped Nat. And she's happy because I think at the point where she started crying, wasn't she thinking like maybe Natalie abandoned her or something like that? Yeah, that Natalie just left. Because the the guy at the desk had told her that Natalie left. Yeah, which she was lying about, obviously. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, that's also sad because, like, she's trying. To, she she thinks that she abandoned her. She really didn't. I mean, not really by choice. Not this time, anyway. But right. Anyway, so now we see adult Nat, and she's kidnapped. She's which, tied you know. to a bed. Um, and new character Lisa. Um, I don't even think we get her name yet in this scene. Do we? I don't think we do. I don't think. I think the first time I watched this, the only reason that I I knew that this character was conspicuous in any ways was because it was played by uh she was played by Nicole Maines and I recognized that actress because she was on Supergirl. Yes, uh, I also <laughs> recognize her because of that. Wow, we love Nicole Maines. Also, I recently watched do. this movie that she's in that's like a lesbian vampire movie. If anyone's oh, interested, we can watch it for the podcast. It was, it's a bad was movie. It called Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a I've bad movie, movie, but you know actually. what? It's a lesbian vampire movie. So like, I. Yeah, I remember enjoying it. I can be easy to please though, depending yeah. on, like if there's lesbians. In it's it, very basically. low budget indie. So. Yes, it is. But Nicole Maines is in it. It's about lesbian vampires. <laughs> right. Like, okay, you know. Right. And she is very gay. Like her character is gay from the beginning. It's cool. It's a very gay movie. Maybe we'll add it to our list yeah. of gay movies that Yellow Jackets actors are in that we can watch for the podcast. Actually, honestly, we should, we should actually. Yeah. It's also vampires are very relevant to Yellow Jackets, I feel like as well. Oh, absolutely. Vampires are cannibal adjacent. They're just basically diet cannibals in my yeah. opinion, so. <laughs> um, Which is explains why I also love I'm obsessed with vampire media also. Me like, too. Just can't get enough. Um, of although it. I never I didn't really watch the vampire diaries. Uh, and I feel like that's kind of quintessential, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, whatever. I, you know, now I'm less and less interested in mostly straight vampires. Right, I'm exactly. Like, it has to I be queer. Gay vampires. If they're, because yes. they're inherently queer. So it's like, <laughs> I feel the same way about witches. Like, if you're going to have witches and you're not making them gay, don't even fucking yeah. bother. Like, what are, what are you doing? Right. Like, heterosexuality? What is this shit? Literally no vampire is straight. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Like, you've got a coven of witch. Like, you've got a coven of women, and they're <laughs> not gay. Right. What What are you talking about? I do feel like that about a lot of things, though. But anyways, <laughs> vampires, they're all, they're not straight, okay? Like, we're just going to establish that. Yeah, and um, we love Nicole Maines. Come on the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'd love to talk to you. Oh, my I know, God. That'd be great. Yeah, I know. I think we would be really starstruck, though. <laughs> yeah, for real, honestly. I'd be like... I actually didn't watch Supergirl when she was on it, but I still know that she was in it. But yeah, uh, I know some people don't like the character of Lisa, but I really like her. I mean, I don't see what there's to dislike about her. I mean, she's just there for Nat, and I really like her relationship with Nat, and maybe I'm just biased because I like the actress, but who cares i also she so looks so favorite... good in this role sorry like she, she does looks, no, I... it's such a good style for her like i'm like damn great style. No, you're, you're right Go off wardrobe i i like lisa yeah. to me she's just like you know not lottie's adult daughter basically that they raced throughout the season <laughs> the, stu- the theory said she's wilderness baby oh god oh my god those were so funny dude okay but actually so that does bring up something though there were a lot of theories that like so we knew at a certain point that wilderness baby was male so people were like oh because nicole mains is trans that means that wilderness baby grew up to be trans and uh you know, as a trans woman, and it's Lisa, and it's so many things wrong with this theory. We've castigated it many times before on this podcast because we both hate it. That's like incredibly um, insensitive. It's like it if is not and it's, transphobic. It's definitely borderline transphobic. Yeah, and like, it's also just like one of the things that I like about the show, or that I like about Lisa on the show, is that like I mean, the show never says that she's trans. Right? It's she could be. She could Nicole, not be. It doesn't define her character. She could be cis. She right. It it even like they even get to a point where like she's having a conflict with her mother, and at that point, I was like, okay, are they gonna introduce it as like her mom doesn't like her because she's trans, and it's like no, it's just because she was depressed and wanted to kill herself, and her mother's really controlling. Yeah, and it's like. I honestly really liked that because I was like, they could have so easily made it like, oh, her mother hates her because she's trans or what. Mm -hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. If she is trans, then it doesn't matter. And she could be cis. Like, there's no reason that character couldn't be. And I actually like that because the show doesn't make it like, they don't make a plot point of like, oh, oh, she got thrown out by her mom because she's trans or whatever, like, because that would have been the lazy way to do it, in my opinion. So I kind of hate that fans turned around and they were like, oh, her transness must be a plot point. Like, the character hasn't even been established as being trans. There's no reason to read that character as trans whatever i mean and i'm not saying you know if you want to read the character as trans obviously that's totally cool but it's just like why make it the stupid soap opera bullshit mm-hmm. plot point like and I'm it so would be weird for yellow jackets as well it would i remember I well, actually yeah i remember 
like watching some interview with Nicole Baines and she was talking about that. Like somebody asked her if the character was trans and she was like, well, you know, she can be if you want her to, but I like that it's not talked about. And she literally, she talked about the scene with her mom and she was like, I love that they didn't bring that up with her mom and that her character isn't about that. I think we need more trans actors playing characters that are cis or just playing characters that exist and don't have to talk about their gender at all. like, There's like three instances of that on this show directly. So. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. <laughs> I kind of love it. I, there's um, a few examples yeah. on other TV shows that I could think of, but yeah, I mean, we need mm-hmm. more trans rep on TV in general. But yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying that trans storylines are bad. No, but no, no, no. I, I like yeah, the I... fact that I think that trans actors should be able to play characters that are either cis or just ambiguous. Agreed. Or like, like in this case where it just doesn't matter. And I don't want to speak for them, is... but I think they usually feel the same way. Like whenever yeah. I hear trans actors yeah. talk, they're just like, yeah, I just want to like play characters. Like I don't always want to yeah. have to like be telling a story about like trauma about, you know. Like your own yeah, personal trauma exactly. too in a lot of cases. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm so glad that Nicole Maines agrees with me. That's so flattering. <laughs> I love that. Because that yeah. is something that she I She said like exactly what you just said. Show. Yeah. The whole season, I was like, oh no, they're going to bring it up. But, you know, honestly, when they got to the mom scene, you know, when we meet Lisa's mom, I was like, okay, actually, they're not going down that road because it, do- it just doesn't matter. And that's really, it doesn't matter. Refreshing. And if they yeah. made it a thing, and nobody on the show yeah. makes any comment, which is on, it's so nice. Like, even if she is trans, it just doesn't matter. Nobody treats her any differently or like, like nobody even you know. would necessarily know because it doesn't yeah, matter exactly <laughs> like who cares <laughs> right anyway, anyway not wilderness baby cast more trans actors period <laughs> yeah that's right um but Natalie basically does nothing in this episode. Sorry, not Natalie. Lisa does nothing in this episode ex- except get stabbed in the hand with a fork. <laughs> yeah, we basically just spent a huge portion talking about this minor character who does nothing in this episode. <laughs> well, she's So she's like talking to Nat and like Nat is like kind of working her mm-hmm. basically to get her to let go of her. Bas- yeah, she's trying to manipulate her, which Lisa's very susceptible to i guess (laughs) i love how like uh... later on in the season like because nat spends the entire season at lottie's compound and like later on in the season lottie tells her multiple times like i'm not keeping you as prisoner like you can leave whenever you want and meanwhile like she's literally tied to a fucking bed in this scene yeah like okay Uh okay lottie like okay so she did actually did actually kidnap her they were concerned she was gonna hurt herself because they found her with the gun to her throat she could leave anytime except for that time that she was strapped to a bed but other than that she could leave anytime the end of this episode when she's trying to run away and everybody's like where are you going (laughs) right yeah (laughs) so okay a little little misleading there but my next note just says, I love seeing someone jam out to Papa Roach in the car, but I don't really need a scene of Jeff reminiscing about what happened from his point of view. Yeah. So this is like, that's definitely, this is the season of too much Jeff. And I think there's, I don't know. It just, I think what happened was like last season, Jeff had a couple of like really funny lines and Warren Cole was really like great at playing him. He makes him very charming. Like he's, just a dumb funny simple guy and like he does that he plays that so well Mm -hmm. but i think they cranked up they saw that and they were like oh people love jeff and they think he's so funny and they cranked it up too much like there's just too much like you don't need to like you said the papa roach scene objectively it's so funny but it honestly it 
Like, do we need that? Do we need to see? Yeah, him my whole thing is that like, like it's no. unnecessary. Like, I already got. It doesn't really I already, add anything. I already understand how Jeff feels about the sex that happened. Yeah, like I don't you need got this that scene. in the sex. It's scene. literally like, unnecessary, and he's having fla- yeah. like we see flashbacks to the scene, and it's like what? I don't need yeah. this. I don't need this. I got it's it. It's like okay, I love the it's overkill roach needle drop, <laughs> yeah. but it's like we didn't actually need that, and I think that's kind of emblematic of a lot of the Jeff content this season is that it just feels like unnecessary basically like there's too much jeff so that's my soapbox moment about jeff yeah there we go first criticism of season two (laughs) can you believe that we're criticizing things that you probably haven't heard other people criticize (laughs) because everybody else is criticizing (laughs) everything else um right yeah, I mean, I think he's, like, great as Yeah, Jeff, he is. It's just... And I think that's part of the problem is that they were like, oh, he's so good, and now we can give him a lot more scenes, and it's like, no, he's good in small doses, I think, and that's why he's a funny character, is because you don't get a ton of him in season one, and then they, just too much. Less is too more. Much Less is more, for sure. Less is more, I think. And also just this scene is just, it's just redundant, like you said. Like, we already know how Jeff feels. We're not getting any insight into his character. Mm-hmm. We're just getting, like, a funny needle drop, which is, like, it is funny. This is one of those scenes thing. where <laughs> the criticism that I generally don't agree with that they go overboard with the needle drops. This scene is like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of get it. Because I actually yeah, don't really yeah. agree with it that they go overboard with the needle drops. But in this scene, yeah, yeah. I could see it. There are a handful of times in the show where I can see it. More often than not, I really enjoy the needle drops, and I feel like they complement the scenes well, but yeah. Yeah. This one, it feels like they just wanted to use the stupid Papa Roach song right. as a needle drop, and so they came up with a scene Exactly. For it, That's so. exactly what it is. So Ty is in her basement uh sniffing one of simone's very cute her sweater i love the sweater (laughs) what did it say it says let's get medieval on it because she's a a (laughs) conflict professor right (laughs) <laughs> yeah exactly so it's like a medieval literature sweater and she's like smelling it and she's like man that is some sad ass yeah. shit right there that's Ty. a great line so i love that line it's a great line yeah and it's so true this is her sad ass divorce shit season so and we want to see more yeah of hopefully in, in season, season three it gets turned up to like a 10 like i want more yeah we want a lot more sad ass divorce shit tie so yeah and again like we've also we love our lesbian fail wife divorce dad (laughs) so yeah like lesbian fail marriage please that's real television right there come on real yes and again this is another moment of like tawny cypress getting to be kind of funny like good delivery Mm. she doesn't really get to be funny that much adult tie she makes the most of it when she does definitely always like Tawny. so yeah she finds the altar and speaking of tawny's acting i mean this is like a devastating scene because it's like she's not even surprised to find it she's just like seems no. like just like really devastated and like scared like she's just yeah, like fuck man like she knows exactly yeah. what god damn it yeah. this is happening again yeah well it's all falling into place mm-hmm. now it's like okay yeah mm-hmm. and it's all on her face like just like the the emotions that she goes through in this scene and then mm-hmm. steve walks in oh my god <laughs> this is my this is the craziest part of this scene is fucking steve runs up to her after she's found biscuit <laughs> and she picks him up and then she's like i'm gonna do better with you okay and she's like staring at the Christ. dog's head like head and heart on the table like oh that God. poor dog steve is the size of biscuit's head 
Steve is really tiny. He's a Yorkie. You should say. He's a tiny little dog. Yeah, he is not similar to Biscuit. No, no. Yeah, this this is just like a, it's like not even really a scene, but like this is just like a really good tie scene for me because it's like her character is all about like, you know, being forced to like face things that you don't want to face. And I don't know, it's just like so relatable and she doesn't even know what's going on, which mm-hmm. makes it even worse. I just like feel so awful for Ty. And like, I don't even know what's going on with her as an audience member. And yeah, it's still so fucking horrible. Right. She's like the biggest mystery. And it's somehow that makes it worse because it's like everyone else is dealing with fucked up shit. And like Ty's also mm-hmm. dealing with fucked up shit, but it's like fucked up shit that she has managed to avoid, but that she also yeah. doesn't know what's going. Like, it's just like makes it so much worse to me. I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's just because I relate to Ty. So I'm like, ooh, that sounds awful. But I don't know. Poor Ty. It's just her and Steve yeah. right now. Oh my God. Poor Ty and poor Steve. <laughs> God. I just hope he doesn't know what he's Yeah, I was going right to say that. I was like, I hope that he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> I hope his little doggy brain does not comprehend that because that would be really disturbing. But... Yeah. <laughs> God. Um, oh man. Jeff and Shauna being like so genuinely invested in this joke that jeff is telling about the hot dog like he like sets up this joke about a hot dog and then he doesn't have a punchline for it and shauna is like so invested in like trying to like help him out trying to figure out yeah a way to close the joke out like okay and callie's just like callie is gone i think she's gone vegetarian this season so she tells them like enjoy your pig anuses like callie is so like gonna go cook up a veggie callie is so gen z in this scene or like stereotypical (laughs) gen z stereotypical gen z yeah (laughs) Because then Jeff is like, oh, no, I'll grill it for you. And Callie's like, that's so gender normative of you. (laughs) Which is honestly like, I don't know. I love the little Callie moments in this episode. Yeah. I I just love Callie. I love Callie, too. We've established that we love Callie. She's just so fun when she sasses against at her parents. And I just really enjoy her. She is truly Shauna's daughter. (laughs) She is. Yeah. Shauna's daughter and a Jackie parallel. And then Jeff says that stereotypical dad things are his love language and i'm like okay he's like hey i know what love languages are i can talk yeah to kids I, these days exactly <laughs> that's exactly how it came off uh-huh. um, yeah we have this boner gate let's call it boner gate <laughs> <laughs> boner gate oh, oh my god. god i guess that's implying that it potentially didn't happen it happens the boner is there it definitely happens <laughs> The Travis Boner jump scares I like to refer to. I do want to know what's with the tree stump, though. (laughs) Like, what's with the tree stump that he sees? Is that where Javi is? No. Well, I don't think so. I thought that's the tree stump where Lottie puts the bear heart or something. What's the significance of that? I guess they haven't come back to that. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't think it's the tree where Javi is because I remember that tree being really big. Mm. Like it's a really tall tree. Yeah, it wasn't a stump. Climbing into the roots. Yeah. So I think the only stump that I can think of on the show is where they put the bear heart. So it's like their little altar stump in a way. But basically, so Travis is having a panic attack or Travis is, I think he's talking to Nat and he's like, I know you think he's dead or something like that. And then he has a panic attack, presumably thinking about his brother maybe dying and then lottie does a basically a breathing exercise that's gonna be a thing for her this season she's really into breathing exercises. the same thing that she did to the her to her and, roommate in the mental hospital yeah yeah so this is obviously you know lessons that she learned from the wilderness is to put her 
hand on people's chest to calm them down. She puts her hand on his chest and it calms him down. And then they like kind of randomly show Travis having a boner. And then then they just never address it. It is really random. And also like, I have not been in this situation before, but it was like, it's not weird that Travis got a boner, by the way. Okay. Like it's like, I understand that that happened so randomly for teenage boys, whatever. But the fact that like, it's like a biological, yeah, thing. it's just like, like a it's thing just that happens. Reaction. Yeah. It's a thing that yeah. happens. Yeah. It doesn't even necessarily, yeah, we don't want to shame. Anything. We don't want to shame anybody's bodies or, you know, whatever. Right. But the fact that like Lottie, like, calls attention to it i was like why just like pretend you didn't see it yeah. girl. <laughs> like she it's was just, like uh so <laughs> like okay. like i would have just pretended anyway. i didn't see anything and walked away if it were me right because i don't want to uh, make people feel bad sound... yeah yeah well and i mean it's it's weird i honestly thought at this point i was like okay they're definitely going for like a travis that's what i thought thing, too right? when i first watched it and i was and they, like not happy they don't i was like it, i don't want to love travel please yeah and also in my mind lottie's a lesbian so period and i know i'm delusional and i think they're all gay but but like, i hope they never confirm yeah. her as straight just so we can just, live in that i just don't want her <laughs> yes like don't ever give her a love yeah. interest please we don't no need love a walter interest at all. yeah agreed same just, that, and that's fine and then i can just pretend that her love interest is natalie it's fine you know just let give me my delusions okay i'll live in there <laughs> um but like yeah no i i thought that that's where they were gonna go with it and thank god they didn't because i think that would have been like way more boring like typical oh there's there's teenagers so there's got to be a mm-hmm. love triangle right and then they kind of really don't which i um, respect because it would be so easy to do on this yeah. show too i could see them being like oh we need more romance on the teen side and we only have one guy yeah. so like let's do a love we triangle one boy yeah. well, we can't we can't just fill the show with lesbians actually you guys could <laughs> i'm just saying if anybody working on the show is listening like you could totally do that if you need more romance <laughs> i'm just gonna tell you right there that is a way that you could do it and at least there's many options the portion of your audience that i interact with would be very happy about that <laughs> so you know hey i'm just saying yeah so yeah like it's not it's fine that the boner happens like i get it but mm-hmm. it's more from a meta it's like what is this show trying to tell me that it like yeah, why did they I'm put it in this show where are they what are they telling this us it's just something that happens to teenage boys when they have panic attacks or <laughs> But like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think maybe it's like the rush of blood or something. Like, I think I don't they're know. trying to I, establish. I'm not entirely sure. I mean, going off of it'll come into play in the next episode too. But I do think they try to make some sort of connection between Travis is like really attracted to Lottie's like spirituality, and I don't mean attracted as in sexually attracted. I just mean like generally mm-hmm. pulled to her as a person. Yeah, yeah. So like, I get and that, that. Definitely, like forms that shapes his character for the season and the places that they go with his character you know because they're trying to like he's moving away from being like in the first season he was still kind of clinging to this very fakey kind of like toxic masculinity basically and they made a big point of that and so now they're trying to like kind of move him away from that but yeah yeah, and i think there's also like because when he and natalie have sex in the next episode spoilers like and (laughs) he's like kind of seeing lottie and it's not yeah. framed as like oh she, he actually likes lottie so it's he's thinking not, of her. it's a spiritual no, thing it's not in a sexual way right. it is very much a spiritual and it's thing. almost yeah. like he needs i mean maybe actually like because travis had a lot of hang-ups about sex in season one he was too mm-hmm. nervous 
to have sex with Natalie too like anxious about it and yeah in this episode before he gets the boner and has the panic attack Natalie's like initiating a kiss with him and then he has a panic attack and then Lottie calms him down Mm -hmm. and he gets a boner so I feel like and then in the next episode he has sex with Natalie and he's seeing Lottie so I feel like it's kind of implied that like that's calming for him like that makes him feel comfortable and therefore he is like you know able to have sex which is what he wants to do with Natalie I don't know and it's kind of interesting because I really don't get the sense that he has like a like necessarily sexual attraction to Lottie yeah I don't think he does but it's so it's interesting that the angle they kind of go with it is that she's able to like calm down his anxiety enough mm-hmm. for him to be able to because he does have a lot of anxiousness and nervousness i think for him to be able to have sex with nat so yeah i, I think in a way it's like she's she's helping him let go of whatever a lot of like i don't know like mm-hmm. he has so many hang-ups it's like lottie is helping him to let go of his hang-ups and and that kind of changes how he is as a character. It, that also includes a lot of his hangups about being like, oh, I need to be, you know, the macho man who cares for hobby. Mm-hmm. I need to be like a misogynist teenage boy, like all of those kinds of hangups. And that's when he starts, you know, becoming one of the girls, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And it's so. like, that's like a Travis specific thing. And you see how Lottie mm-hmm. helps. It's very specific. Yeah. Lottie yeah. helps other people with their specific things. And so I think it's right. just like different Lottie helps calm people. I mean, she's she, like this guru. She helps people with their anxiety. That's what she does yeah, as an adult. And- so they're like establishing it because if she can do this in the teen timeline entirely unintentionally then it makes a lot more sense that she would be leading a cult in the adult timeline and convincing people right she helps travis with his sex anxiety she helps van with her (laughs) anxiety like there's just like she yeah. even helps like Taisa, who mm-hmm. wouldn't necessarily like say that she's looking for the help, but she's still like, you know, she talks her through some things, right? Yeah. She tries to help Shauna. That's a little bit more contentious because, you know. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's Shauna. <laughs> uh, you know, they can try. It's There's a lot going on there, though. Yeah. You know. I feel like way better about this scene now that we talked about it. Like, I was just like, wow. Yeah. Actually, so true. Actually, we're both like, it's such a random scene. Yeah. Like, I feel like we actually made know, sense of it. Boner gate, the boner jump scare. Yeah. Actually, I, I kind of love our interpretation because, of it. Because, yeah. Like, when I first watched it, I was just like, why does he have a boner? Are they doing a love triangle? Ew. You know? Right. But then they don't do a love triangle. And then you're like, well, then why did he have a boner? Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think it's unrelated. It I think angle, the boner is unrelated to Lottie. It's just like a general boner. I do. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's a teenage boy right. boner, but I also think it's like, it's what you said. It's that like Lottie is able to, she lets him, she helps him let go of his hangups basically and there are a lot of hangups that he has around like masculinity and needing to perform and be manly and like the fact that he he does want to have sex with natalie but then he can't get it up and all right. all of the insecurity that comes along with that for him and he was and literally like, just about to like, like Lottie... kiss natalie and freaked out he and now he has and a boner he... so exactly and so... <laughs> so it's like okay i get it now yeah. i think we have we have fully explicated boner games i'm sorry that we honestly not expect this is not the first time we've talked about boners either like there's a few boners in this show 
Yeah, weren't we talking about, about Ben's like boner? Ben's <laughs> yeah. Yep. So you know, two lesbians talk about boners on <laughs> Yellow Jackets. All lesbians I mean. tuned in. Appreciate it. I mean, I'm not grossed out That's by right. boners or anything. <laughs> no, it's, fine. it's a biological thing. It's something that happens. Yeah, like you know, you know how like some gay men are like afraid of vaginas. <laughs> like I don't feel like lesbians are the same. Yeah, way. maybe I'm just well, speaking they're very for my childish. Yeah. I also just feel like they need to grow up. Like, yeah, like it's just it's a okay. biological the thing. The pussy's not going to hurt you. Also, you came out of one, so get over it. Literally. Like, like actually, you should, yeah, you unless... should learn about it. Right. Have some respect, <laughs> okay? Damn. Uh, yeah, Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben. Um... Getting scared of a birth like okay dude whatever anyway no that that actually that makes a lot of sense now and i think that also i kind of had that interpretation well i mean that i think that also makes sense of the the upcoming scene where travis and nat have said yeah i remember i think I remember, it might have been at the paley fest, fest panel i remember jonathan lisco is that his name jonathan lisco yeah he was talking about that mm-hmm. scene where travis and nat had sex and he was saying something uh-huh. similar about Lottie, which was that, like, he's yeah. not necessarily attracted to her. Yeah. And I think that's that helps explain a lot of what's going on there. Yeah. Because, yeah, because I think he did comment that it wasn't sexual. They weren't trying to do it. They weren't trying to do a love triangle. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense to me, because if they were trying to do a love triangle, then they would go somewhere with it, you know, and then. But they don't like. They I mean, don't if anything, Travis try and put the moves on on Lottie, <laughs> right? Or and I mean, like, like the relationship happens, between Natalie God. and Lottie becomes more prominent than either of their relationships with Travis. Anyway, I feel like right. So. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. Obviously, <laughs> I love how. Uh, so yeah, Nat and Lottie have a little spat after this, and Nat's like, "Stop giving him false hope." And Lottie says, "There's no such thing as false hope. There's just hope." I'm just saying how I feel. Like, what do you want me to say? And Nat says, I want you to say less. A lot fucking less. Naughty. A lot fucking less. <laughs> uh, so good. That good old, like, Sophie Thatcher line. Yeah, I actually I noted here, it. I was like, wow, Sophie Thatcher really gets, like, Juliette Lewis's tone of voice and inflection down she so does. perfectly. Like, she speaks exactly she's, like her. She's so good. I I think Sophie Thatcher was so good in this season. I think she so was kind of underrated. Yeah, because um, like, everybody pays attention to Sophie the least as they should because she has, like, the biggest yeah. moments in the season. She's great. Yeah. She's also terrific. Not no no shade against her i just feel like sophie thatcher is not appreciated quite as yeah and i mean that's you know what it's a huge fucking cast Mm -hmm. so i get it like some people get overlooked obviously the people with like like, the flashiest scene like performances are gonna get noticed yeah which is why yeah yeah. but i feel like sophie thatcher was really good this season totally agree so she's great and I, I love all of her scenes with Courtney. They're great. Luckily, we'll have <sighs> a lot are. more to say about them in the future. We will have so many. This is just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we're they really already in have the season with the gay stuff. I think like more scenes, right? They, I, they already have like more scenes in this episode than mm-hmm. they had in the entire last yeah. season. So, I guess they kind of know. are replacing Jackie Shauna <laughs> with the like homoerotic, um, Honestly, like non-canon lesbianism. Yeah. But to be fair, there's also i mean jackie shauna still gets a little bit at least in the next episode i feel like so definitely but yes uh they get they get one last really big hurrah (laughs) um (laughs) yeah definitely our central you know homoerotic friendship 
for the season is for sure Lottie Nadler. We're officially inducting them into the homoerotic friendship Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame, absolutely. (laughs) Love those homoerotic friendships. (laughs) So yeah, we have the fork can't stab. Natalie stabs Lisa with the fork and makes her grand escape. And honestly, it looked painful as fuck. I did not like it. It did. I was like, ew. Also, Lisa, I was just like thinking, Lisa's a terrible kidnapper. Like, <laughs> I, and Natalie she's was so bad. pointing that out, too. She loses her mark. I mean, she loses her mark, like, immediately. Gets stabbed by her. Like, it's crazy. Anyway. I was wondering if, like, do we think that Nat knew that she was in Lottie's company when she saw the symbol on the necklace? Like, do you think she was immediately like, oh, Lottie? Ah, uh, kind of. Because, like, you well, would think if not, she'd I be freaking she... out more. She'd be like, what the fuck is with the symbol? I don't know. Yeah. But also, they, well, they make it seem like none of them have even heard from Lottie in 20 years. So it's like, yeah. well, I would not know so about it. So maybe she, right. I'm thinking maybe she didn't because she seems more like surprised, I guess, when she does see Lottie. Mm-hmm. But... but she does see the symbol of the necklace and she's like, yeah, I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. I mean, I think she automatically would assume that whoever it is is like, probably has a connection to travis's death because remember that was her whole thing last mm-hmm. season was finding out who travis's uh who caused it i think the symbol was drawn onto one of the onto the postcards or whatever so i'm sure she assumes that it has something to do with that and it's something nefarious i don't think she would necessarily connect to lottie though um, yeah i agree you know what i mean she probably wants so. to do some investigating I did want to say, so we, we also get a weird scene of, like, Natalie running through the woods, and I always think, like, are they, I don't know, it always kind of looks kind of goofy to me, and I'm like, <laughs> are they trying to foreshadow the hunts or something? Oh. Like, why are they having her randomly run through the oh, woods? Oh, yeah, that and is why are they cutting it in between this Ty Van scene? Just, like, kind of a random Yeah, like, did we cut. need? Ty Van scene is so good. Did we need to linger so much on her running through the woods? Right. Like, that's I don't the whole feel like we yeah. did. Like, okay, we. Get, you know what? We're gonna spend a lot of time in Lottie's weird little forest cult. So we got mm-hmm. it. I know there's some trees there. Yeah, but I yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, it's just a little goofy, and I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. Anyway, but yeah, no, the Taiwan scene is great. Also, like, I'm just gonna point out more evidence that cannibalism is love on mm-hmm. the show. It's a jump cut to first, like. Taisa, it's it's so it's like other Ty, right? Mm-hmm. It's like her alternate personality or whatever. Which is like is. the first you know, time this happens, right? Two vans yeah. and all it. But we can see it's clearly like not like Taisa in her right mind, right. basically. And she's like basically trying to eat fans <laughs> face. Like like yeah. this is an outtake from Bones and all. Like <laughs> she's trying to eat her. Uh and I was like, damn, you know, as I was watching it this time, because I was thinking a lot more about the cannibalism as mm-hmm. love metaphor. I was like, Oh, okay, yeah. So she like this is this is our indication. Like, oh, okay, she loves her. <laughs> she's trying to eat her. Oh yeah, good uh, point. That's because thing. I was like, why why yeah. does other Ty do that? Yeah, that's why. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because we're watching this crazy show. <laughs> Love it. And that's like a definitely a theme this season. Like I'm not even making that up, guys. It's it's real. Cannibalism is love. Yeah, it's true. Ty wakes Van up because she's like eating her face and then she like yep. bites her lip and it like bleeds a lot. And then she wakes <laughs> up and then Van is like, oh, you were like Van was like, oh, okay, you were sleeping. Like she didn't realize that it was like sleepwalking yep. Ty. Um Exactly. Which like I guess we can talk about this when that scene happens, but there's also another scene like this with them as adults just saying kind of like this a little bit 
where like Ty kisses Van and then Van like knows that it's like the other Ty, oh, right? Yeah, you because know Van learned. Van learned now. Team. Now she yeah. knows how to tell the difference. <laughs> She, she she can tell the difference between like Thaisa and other Thaisa right. and how they make out with her. Like, okay, yeah, no, I yeah, actually, well, you're I right. mean, you're totally to be right. fair, like Van does, it does parallel that. Yeah, Van does like seek out like to learn as much about it as she can. Like, she probably knows she the does. most about Thai sleepwalking, even more than mm-hmm. Thai, honestly. Yeah, definitely more than Thai. That's a recurring theme for her this season, for sure. Just trying to figure out what's going on with that. Yeah. And that's how they accidentally find a hobby. But <laughs> yeah, anyway. that's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, who knew? <laughs> but yeah, like my favorite thing about this, Van tells Ty that she's not scared of her and she never will be. And so this is oh. definitely contrasted to Simone earlier in the episode. And I'm not I'm not blaming Simone for being scared of Thaisa. I just love the fact that like I just I don't know. I just love that. She's just like, Oh, I'm not scared of you and I never And it's, it's so, true. Like, like it's a fact like true. she will not also ever like, be scared of Ty. Yeah, and it it's like she's kind of the only one, mm-hmm. right? Like how would Ty's never going to be in a situation where she's not going to her whole sweet sleepwalking thing is not going to be terrifying to somebody, you know? Right, like, and as it should she be, ever like I would also be terrified. It, it, yes. Yeah, so I don't want to. I don't want it to come across like I'm blaming Simone here for not being romantic enough because objectively, it is it's, it's a completely crazy. different it situation. Terrifying. Yeah, it's exactly yeah, and it's so terrifying. And there's a whole lot of like, like Taisa. This is not something that she feels that she can like share with other people. So this is kind of an, a thing that inherently like she shares with Van because Van is somebody who's in this situation with her and like intimately knows about it. But it's just like I don't know. I just kind of melt when mm-hmm. she's like when she says this because i'm like me oh, too just so... it's literally so romantic like i'm <laughs> it's sorry so romantic. it really is it really is like <laughs> she needs somebody to tell her yeah, that you know definitely. what i mean like she needs to know that there's somebody who will never be afraid of her yeah and right? like like scared of hurting people which she should mm-hmm. be obviously and she's like so scared of that side of herself and van you know, like fully embraces it like, I'm not scared of that. Mm. Like, I'm sorry. just the way that Van responds to everything in this scene. Like, she's like, "I'm mm-hmm. not scared of you," and Ty says, "Well, you should be." And Ty's right. like, "You really Which, shouldn't be up know. here with me. You need to like look out for yourself. I could hurt you." Blah blah blah. blah. And Van is just like, "I can handle it. I'm fine." This isn't <laughs> right. you. She She's says, like, "This isn't you. This is something that's happening to you. It's happening to us." Like she yeah. totally understands the situation, yeah. which I think is like really She's mature like, hey, too. Yeah. She's like, "Baby, kill the wolf yeah. for me." It's the most romantic thing ever. <laughs> which is not wrong. No, like it's no, kind of no, fucked no, up that she no. sees it like that, but it's also true. And then Ty calls her out on that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, "You're nuts." Yeah. <laughs> what I really like about, or like one of the things that I really like about their relationship is the fact that like. And, like, this is, like, consistent into adulthood is the fact that, like, yeah, like, in the future, their relationship is, like, probably not very healthy. But, like, no matter what they go through, they could literally do the most horrible shit to each other, but they will always care for one for one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Ty yeah. kind of well, treats Van horribly like- when they're adults, but it's, like, Van is always going to care about her <laughs> as a human being and, like, not want anything bad to happen to yeah. her. You know what I mean? And it's, like, they... It's like they understand something about each other that like nobody else gets, and I'm kind of a sucker for that, honestly. Yeah, like exactly, you know what I mean? It's like literally like just they understand like, sides of each other that nobody yeah, gets. It's just like an inevitable thing that is like not hashtag soulmate. Literally, 
Do you know the song Invisible like, String actually, by Taylor though. Swift? I don't know. Listen to it. It's very bad. <laughs> Uh, who no i've never heard of her oh, i'm sorry um, i don't know <laughs> i don't know who that is jk very JK. like indie artist right she's up and coming you may not have heard of her <laughs> but yeah that's just like i don't know that's just like like it's like they could they're like they could like say the meanest shit ever to each other but it's like and like that happens as adults like they just like fucking argue but it's like i'm yeah. still gonna be there for you yeah okay you like it killed your dog and your wife is leaving you and blah blah, blah, blah but and you and you just showed up at my shop in ohio but yeah i guess i i guess i'll help yeah you. of course i will like exactly. okay oh my god yeah Wow, I love them. Yeah, anyway. and so then Van decides to write "I hurt you" on Ty's arm with the blood from her yep. mouth and blood. Yes, this is what we meant when we said it would literally be spelled out that cannibalism is right in this episode. Exactly, they literally <laughs> yeah. spelled it out. Really, more just blood. But yeah, we're going back to that theme of like blood, you know, being involved in like love and protection i guess and that's definitely a thing that's happening in this episode so just thought i would thought i would mention yeah. that i also just have a note that says van calling taisa lady is just such a van thing to do like I her know, being yeah. like you're leaving me hanging just lady like, you're really... like that's such a van right. <laughs> i know it's so bold of her because i would i would be like really upset if i just told somebody that i love them and there was a pause in that conversation afterwards. I'd be like, oh, damn. I mean, I think Ty was pretty taken aback about it off as a the joke. blood on her arm. True. Fair. <laughs> I don't think Ty fair. was even thinking about saying it back. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> but she does. she does. She does. Because how could you not? Van right. is being all charming she, she and She does funny. and she means yeah. it. Exactly. And then like Van teases her about it. And they're adorable. They are. Love it. That is a really good Ty Van scene. So good. It's really good. They're also kind of like, for now, tabling the Lottie conflict stuff and focusing on Ty sleepwalking, you know? Yep, sure <laughs> So uh -huh. we get to live there for a little bit instead of that yeah. other conflict. I mean, I think Ty is like chilling out about the Lottie conflict stuff for a yeah, while. Yeah, she has a lot going on. And they do address that, you know, they do address why she does that. Uh, not in this episode specifically, but, you know, they will talk about that more because, yeah. She's got all her... Yeah, they're pretty much... They're kind of sidelining it a bit for the sleepwalking and they're, you know... I mean, I don't know. I think it's also just... Ty already kind of started last season to be like, okay, you know what? I would rather have marital harmony here than make this a mm -hmm. thing. So, but yeah. Um, anyway. We have this, like, weird cult burial thing. I don't know what this is about. <laughs> all I have to say is that the animal masks are creepy, and there's some, like, Lottie as Jesus imagery here, because she's, like, wearing yeah. this, like, white, like, cape thing. Yeah, it's honestly, it's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I think, basically, what's happening is that they're trying to make it look like Lottie is participating in sacrifice, and I was like, okay, so... This is not the last time that Lottie will be falsely accused of sacrificing somebody in the season. Like that's that's a thing. Like you know, I think they're tr they're trying to make it look really sinister, yeah. right? Like she's running a call, and there's this weird human sacrifice. Then it just turns out it's just some fucking weird ass therapy that they have at her weird therapy farm, you know. But it's like not actually sinister. I think that's the thing. It's a little goofy. Yeah. It's a little like <laughs> like. What is this scene? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's supposed yeah. to be like really creepy, but but like it actually yeah. isn't. It's like weird. Yeah. But... yeah. But this is our first adult Lottie Nat scene. I'll just point that mm -hmm. out. And I mean, I think you can like 
you can say that like maybe Lottie's being a little bit manipulative because she's like, oh, I have info about Travis. She does. She says that to get Natalie to stay. Yeah, yeah. She's like, hey, hold up, guys. She's my friend. And then (laughs) Nat is like, oh, is that what we are? And they have this really weird charged energy. But Lottie is like not threatened by Natalie at all. Natalie is like, oh, I'm going to hit you with the stick. She doesn't. She's not scared at all. Like even a little bit. Like she's honestly like kind of happy to see Natalie. It's like kind of reminds me of not as intense, but the way that you know, when Nat pointed a gun at Misty last season and Misty was yeah. like so fucking excited to see her and was like, this is the best moment of my life. It's a little bit like that where, you know, like Natalie is ostensibly trying to threaten Lottie and she's like, ah, Natalie, I'm so happy to see you, basically. <laughs> like, don't worry, guys, this is my friend. Yeah, <laughs> because Natalie's like, "How? why should I not kill you right now? Yeah, and then she's like, oh, I have a message for you from Travis or whatever. Yeah, my note just says, adult Lottie Nat, something shifted. That's pretty right? much it. No, literally, though. <laughs> literally. Even in the scene, like, they have this weird charged energy. Like, is mm-hmm. that what we are? Like, oh, like, what What are you guys to each Did you explore each other's <laughs> bodies? Like, what is this? <laughs> like, like, and, like, honestly, like, all of their lines this season, not, maybe not all of them, but, like, a lot of them are, like, where you're, like, what? What? And it's what just, like, there's about? this familiarity. Like, the way that, like, Nat yeah. knew, ex- like, right away that it was Lottie and, like, approached her. Uh-huh. <laughs> and 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 talked to her in a very specific way and lottie responded like like she knew exactly what nat was gonna say you guys have been married for 20 years (laughs) you're like your exes and you're getting back to get like what what is going on here like okay yeah it's crazy yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying the lottie nat shippers they're valid i get it i totally get it yeah i mean i get it too (laughs) i always think of this one like, I hate to talk about this stuff on the podcast because it's just, like, on like chronically online bullshit, but, like... <laughs> I know. <laughs> I like our podcast to be accessible to the masses, okay? But there's right, this, like, one right. edit of Lottie Nat that is, like, so fucking amazing. And it's to the Paramore song, All I Wanted Was You. It literally, like, changed my life when I watched it. Like, <laughs> Do you have I it bookmarked? I didn't even... Send it to I'll me. send it to you. I'll post it on the podcast okay. Twitter if I find it. Although I think the video is too long okay. for Twitter. I think it might just be on Instagram, but okay. Okay. I was like, it made me... Not that I didn't shake them before, but I was like, holy shit. Uh-huh. I, like, really saw the vision after yeah. I saw that edit. It was amazing. Yeah. We need to have a bonus and episode it's, talking and about it's shit. An, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, we already talked about them enough. But, we do, honestly. But it's also like... I kind of feel the same way about them that I do about Ty and Shauna, which is like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be romantic. It doesn't. Like, it's mm-hmm. just like the dynamic in general. It is also so works good. if they have a really, yeah, just like a really intense connection. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, not, because yeah. platonic no, connections can that. be just as, you know, impactful and meaningful. So not to like no homo it because it is homo. Like, <laughs> the actors have great chemistry. Yeah. Um and there yeah, definitely is a homoeroticism on... to it, for sure. But I'm just saying it doesn't also, have to Also, yes, be. homo all yeah. the time, just in the background, <laughs> you know? That's that's just our stance, is yes, yeah. homo. Just, just the life. general relationship between Lottie and Nat is, like, so oh, yeah. good. No, I get what you're saying. It's re- it, it, it is. It's really good. We've been talking about, you know, the Lottie-Nat scenes in season one, and kind of one of the reasons we point them out every time ha- they happen is because there's no way that you could have... It, it's not that it doesn't feel 
like it makes sense i think it it makes total sense where they go with this relationship it makes sense for those characters but it's just like you could never have predicted that this was going to become a major relationship in the season like yeah no way I, there's no way you could have seen it like even uh, if you're and I, just looking at them as teens like and excusing the whole yeah. we didn't know adult audio existed like still right because of course we would yeah but like still there's no way you could have like seen that coming and seen that become a major focal point of the show but yeah no i i totally agree i i think it also does work if you just see it as like an intense you know friendship kind of thing or intense relationship but yeah no it's great love it adult lighting that definitely shifted something and like i said before like just the fact that this relationship is deepening and playing out in both timelines, I think, really adds a lot to mm-hmm. it. Because that's their whole thing is is like this this season. Yeah. Like their whole, it's like if you look back on it, to me, it's almost like so. Where we're going with this in the show is like Natalie's going to become the antler queen, and specifically Lottie is going to choose her to be the antler queen. Like theoretically, she's like, oh, it's a wilderness, whatever. Lottie chooses Natalie to become the antler antler queen i think and we haven't seen this yet but to me there's an element it seems like lottie would have guilt for doing that to natalie basically or i don't know if you look back on it it's like is season two like is adult lottie not like lottie's attempt to apologize basically for all that like because she knows that natalie is super fucked up because she has all this guilt about being the antler queen and like leading the rituals and whatever so that's kind of a thing that that also kind of that i think about at least where i'm like you know why is Lottie so focused on Natalie this season? Like, why Why did she have people, like, following her in the first yeah, place? Yeah, good like, point. She was doing kind of the Misty thing where she was, <laughs> like, having somebody spy on Natalie because she thought that she was mm-hmm. close enough to being suicidal that she would have to stop her from killing herself at some point. I mean, right? it could have like, been because of what happened with Travis. True. It could have yeah. been. That's true. I didn't think about that, but still, it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. There's just a lot. There's just a lot there. Yeah. A lot, a I mean, like, there. obviously, like, I think we've talked about this before, but like the teen Lottie Nack informs them as adults. Their dynamic as adults would be nothing if we didn't see how they were as teens in this season. Like, you yeah, can't even exactly. show two characters interacting kinda... as adults if we haven't also seen them as teens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And it, I, yeah. Like, it, the same thing applies to all of the relationships. Like, Misty and Nat, Ty and Shauna, Ty and Van, Ty and Lottie. Yeah. So. It's and just I so think, important like, what's, to see both. Right. And honestly, like what's kind of what's fun about the show is like to me, it's all it's all about the character dynamics. Like, you know, there's plot stuff and that matters. But like to me, what's fun is thinking about like what are what are we what gaps are we going to fill it? Like a lot of people are like, well, I don't you know, there's no tension to it because I know who survives. But I'm like. I don't agree with that at all because like I I am so curious to see like how do we fill out the gaps with these characters like Mm -hmm. I want to see where does Misty's super weirdly intense devotion and Natalie come from like I want to see you know how does that get there how do we how do we get from point A to point Z here like I want to fill in all those gaps I'm intensely curious about where their relationships go as teens because that's going to inform how they are in the adult timeline and it's constantly shifting in both and they have just all the characters just have so much history with each other that we don't know about and that we are yet to find out about and so there's just infinite like there's so many possibilities and i just you know just love it it also like doesn't really matter to me like who like if i know who survives like it's like 
I don't know if, like in season one, we didn't know if Lottie survived, but that didn't make her any less interesting of a character. So Yeah, exactly. She was still a really interesting character, you know, even though like we didn't know if she, I honestly, like, like I've said before on this podcast, like I just assumed Lottie and Van were dead because I just assumed that if we don't see somebody in the 2020 one timeline that they just died and i'm not going to say that i think that anymore but when i was watching the first season i was like okay so they just must be dead like because why aren't we yeah same whatever i just kind of automatically wrote them off right but that doesn't necessarily mean that their characters are not interesting and that's a mark of the show doing a good job that you are interested in those characters whether or not they survive like if we think about like Akila, i don't know if she's i mean she probably doesn't survive and that really upsets me because i really like her and you know it's i'm very invested in her fate even though it's probably not going to be good yeah <laughs> whatever same. it is it's going to be horrible and i'm completely dreading it actually <laughs> so yeah but like you know anyway yeah i don't i don't i think that's just kind of a failure and the viewers part like okay you're you're not interested now that you know who survives like yeah i disagree i think there's a lot of i mean things. yeah it just depends on what you prioritize in the show like if like you really care about the suspense aspect of it then like whatever i guess <laughs> then obviously that's gonna affect it for you but... yeah yeah that makes sense i'm not saying you're not valid i'm just saying you're not valid <laughs> uh... no, i'm just kidding i'm just kidding you can enjoy the show for whatever you want, obviously. I'm not policing anybody's, yeah, you know. Exactly. Opinions. The cornflake girl needle drop. Oh my god, love it. Like top three in the whole show? Is it the best needle drop in the whole show? I don't know. Hard to say. It's up it's there. At least I don't know top about five. best, but it is it is definitely up there. And the timing of it is just perfect. It's like, so perfect. It's so good. It's really good. Incredible <laughs> music supervision, sound editing. Oh, it's just so good. Yep. The lyrics. The, the lyrics, lyrics are perfectly chosen to compliment yes. the scene. In that weird, like, funny Yellow Jackets way, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, just perfect. And I will admit I did not know this song um, before. No, me neither. So, like, the fact that they, like, like hearing the lyric, things are getting kind of gross. I was like, whoa. Was it another <laughs> instance where I was like, was this song written for Yellow Jackets? <laughs> like, what's going on? Right. How convenient that Adam's face is the only thing that didn't burn on his driver's license. That moment always makes right. me kind of like roll my eyes. Sorry. Like, oh, of like, course Callie found that. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's a little bit stupid, <laughs> but whatever. This whole plot line this I season mean, is a little bit eye rolly. <laughs> it is. It's a little bit stupid. And like Shauna and Jeff are just so dumb. Like they're just so yeah. dumb. I, I don't know. They're I really fucking idiots. They need to listen to Misty. I you know, I would hope that Shauna would be smarter because she's supposed to be the mm-hmm. smart one. But, like, oh, at least man. Jeff is supposed to be dumb, you know? I can't stop thinking <laughs> about that moment later on in the season where, like, Kevin is questioning him. And, like, an hour into being questioned, he's like, I think I need a lawyer now. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> <laughs> he's so fucking stupid, dude. Oh, my fucking God. Why did you even let them in your house? Oh, my God. Literally, you don't have to Kevin do that, is so awful if anybody... in this season with if... the cop stuff. Oh, my God. Ew. He is. Well, I'll be pissed off. I mean, I, I kind of, 
Yeah. I will say one thing the show does not do is portray police in a positive way. Yeah, very true. Very true. <laughs> very true. Which is good. Right. Yeah. Um Oh my god, we will unfortunately have to talk a lot more about that this season. But anyways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Callie, but I think it's cool that Callie like has she has a lot more agency mm-hmm. in the storyline. And I think that's the real that's the positive to come out of like we have you know issues with Shada's storyline sometimes where that goes the emphasis on Jeff the emphasis on the cops all that but like I do love the increased amount of agency that Callie gets in the storyline she's no longer kind of just this minor character that Shauna has conversations with sometimes she's actually like doing things and like trying to participate in this and she's brought into the family murder cover-up scheme eventually which is (laughs) insane when it happened I couldn't believe it when I was watching it I was like what but anyways that's to come it's actually kind Um, of a crazy direction that that goes in terms of the Callie stuff so crazy and unpredictable and I'm not necessarily like against that i'm excited to see where it goes in next season but but yeah no so i do like that callie has agency we also get a brief shot of natalie sees like a tree with moss growing on it in a field of snow which i think is that's leading up to the the hobby Mm -hmm. thing but you know when i first watched this i was just like okay whatever the fuck yeah same i'm sure people on reddit will figure that shit out i don't know i don't waste my time thinking about that stuff when the show is airing like (laughs) the way that i feel about that stuff i'm just like i'll just see how it plays out in the show i'm not like i don't care you know and people do figure stuff out like they figured out the card stuff although to be fair i think some actor mentioned something about cards in an interview and people just went off of that that happened a lot during season two where Mm -hmm. like uh they would release a promo photo or something and people would just internet detectives would immediately figure out like how a scene was gonna go based on it it was crazy actually but um anyway i don't think anybody necessarily figured out i don't i don't know maybe they did that the tree with moss growing on it and in snow had to do with hobby i don't know but yeah anyway i think people did have theories about that well good for them the thing is for me it's like it doesn't give me any satisfaction to like theorize about something and then be proven right like it just doesn't matter to me yeah but you know everyone's different it's like whatever it's (laughs) cool yeah i agree that's that's the kind of stuff that doesn't really excite me you know it's whatever uh but anyway um um, and then the last scene, so which good. actually, I have been alluding to the what entire What a great ending to, to a season premiere. Oh, to right. a season premiere with the like, themes of this season. I know. And this is like, honestly, this is one of, this is a is something shifted moment for me. This is like one of my favorite moments in the show because it's just, it's so weird and it's so gross. Mm-hmm. But it also has like a lot of meaning to it. And there's a lot of value. And it's it's like funny and weird. And it's gross, like shocking and like, when you first watch literally, it. Literally yeah and tori you did i i did not see this coming honestly but also it makes complete Mm -hmm. sense for this character shauna eats jackie's ear that's what we're talking about in case anybody possibly forgot that Mm, crunchy right (laughs) she just bites into her raw like i'm surprised there wasn't like a sound like a crunch sound effect (laughs) right uh as you know tori amos is singing this is not this is not really happening and right before Uh, that she sings things are getting kind of gross right but it is in fact really happening and i just i just love it because it's such a weird scene and you're like uh you're like is she gonna is she what 
Is she? Oh my god, she did. She ate the fucking ear, so she eats her ear. I love it because <laughs> she's been looking at the whole. It's episode. not even a moment of like, oh, she's so starving, so she's gonna eat it. That's not why she eats it. She doesn't eat no, it because they're hungry. not starving yeah. yet. No, she eats it. No, she eats it because yeah. she wants to because it's kind of emblematic of her relationship with Jackie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Like she's consuming her. We're going back to the cannibalism as love theme. It like and I know helps her get closure to you before. Yeah, exactly. It's like she's consuming her. She's like, she's consuming Jackie and like now Jackie's inside her and now she carries her with her for 25 and it explains why she's so fucking haunted by this girl. It's 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 all part of that. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> and it also like, well, so we know what happens in the next episode, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, not to get coy about it. They all eat Jackie's dead corpse or like you know barbecued corpse and it's a huge thing <laughs> very memorable scene i you know i'd be shocked if anybody forgot about it again but like you know this is like that first step like this is sure they were they had a couple of scenes with like blood earlier in the episode and i do think that was soft launching or cannibalism a little bit but like this is the first moment where we actually eat see somebody eat a human body part and she doesn't do it because she's forced to by hunger or because she's having a psychotic break she does it because she just does she just chooses also like the fact that it's specifically the ear like why would she eat the ear if she were hungry like that's not ideal (laughs) (laughs) you're right no that is it's like cartilage and it's like it doesn't look probably the grossest part of a body you could eat (laughs) honestly yeah not the grossest but one of the grossest (laughs) i don't know maybe yeah but also like there's no nutritional value Mm -hmm. to it it's just like it's the worst part basically like why would you do that because it's not about eating it's not about food it's about consuming jackie and it's about this like the fact that like it's been two months and she's still talking to her her corpse because she cannot get over this death and she cannot get over it so much that she has to just like she consumes her and like this you know this is a way that she gets some resolution and of course it's not it's not enough you know because nothing will ever be like she can never get her back right Mm -hmm. that's never gonna happen but like in her grief uh she like consumes this person it's crazy like that is like the ultimate form of grieving of grieving is is to like literally consume someone right uh bones and all You've seen Bones, Bones and All and since all. we last recorded. I remember I, I told you to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I loved it, actually. I, I told was, you you would like it. You were like, oh, but it's not gay. I, I was like, no, but it kind of is gay. You watch it. It kind it of is. is, even though it isn't. It isn't, but it is, it is. actually. Because, <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, we could do we could do a podcast we on could. that. Because I, w- I would have things to say. But yeah, no, totally. That movie goes in really hard on the cannibalism is love theme and so seeing that movie and then also like this second season of yellow jackets mm-hmm. that's why i keep talking about this because i i get it i love it as it's not necessarily like you know i know people are going to be like oh it's that's so toxic and it's like yeah, but it's a television and show it's like obsessive but it's a television show and it's very compelling and i don't really care if it's like toxic and like this isn't real life we're talking about fucking eating people no bro. <laughs> no exactly and it makes a really compelling metaphor yeah. for being like so you're like so obsessed with somebody and you're like you know you love them you you want to possess them i sound like i'm jonathan lisco right now because this is what he sounds <laughs> yeah. like when he's talking about the scene <laughs> literally <laughs> you 
want to, he's like, you want to consume them. You want to destroy them. I remember that quote after this episode aired, oh that quote God. that he said talking about it. Yeah. But like, it's valid. Yeah. Like, you know. It also like uh, specific to Jackie and Shauna, like. Yes. It's also a way for Shauna to like get back at Jackie because she has a lot of res- yeah. resentment towards her too. Because So it's like, exactly. what is more cathartic? It's like and comforting yeah. but also like satisfying in like getting back at someone like, because it's an awful thing to do exactly. to someone but it's also so intimate it is yeah. and it's also like yeah i mean it's like this is like the central figure of her life because we see that 25 years later she's still fucking haunted by her right and like in in a way it's like taking control over that you know she 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 literally consumes her she's like okay so you're you know you're dominating my life well now i'm gonna i'm gonna Mm, eat yeah there's a little bit of it definitely and there's also like in her own way it's like you know it's like shauna trying to take the power back from jackie but in fact like she really can't because jackie is still the central figure in her life and continues to be after that point like her Mm -hmm. whole life is shaped around it so it's like you know strong question as to whether that actually works in any way that she intends it but there's just like so much going on i just yeah it's i love that scene it's one of my favorites partly because it was just so gross and shocking and you're like (laughs) but i love nowhere that it's not it has so much yeah exactly exactly what you're saying like i love that it's not just shocking for the sake of being shocking because i hate when shows and movies do that i don't like Like, that this might be a hot take but that's kind of how i feel about the movie saltburn like like you're doing things let's not talk we won't but like i don't like it when shows do that thing where they're like we want to shock people they do that in euphoria a lot how, too, where it's like we just want to be shocking and gratuitous, so we're gonna do yes. this and it doesn't actually have any meaning you know and you're like yeah it's like ooh, so shocking oh my god he sticks his dick in some great like you're trying to like sorry spoilers for saltburn you get one you're out, trying to like get one over on the audience shock that like <laughs> yeah it's like, what's and, the point of that though it's like exactly and i don't like that to be fair to yellow jackets i don't think they actually ever do that no, they like don't. anytime there's something shocking there's like a lot of reasons behind it but yeah i, no, I would say people even me, argue it's that like, it's not shocking is... they're like oh i knew that was gonna happen so yeah exactly <laughs> like oh yeah uh, sorry you knew that cannibalism was gonna happen on the cannibalism <laughs> show i guess yeah no i agree with you i just think it was it was shocking to me in the sense that like i did not expect that to happen right and it was also because it's bizarre it's just bizarre but then everything about it makes sense and it adds a lot to the characters and our understanding of the relationship between jackie and shauna and it adds a lot of depth to shauna's character specifically going forward and our understanding of all that and it just is great it's just great and it's just funny and weird and it's like what the fuck just happened it's so perfectly there's a lot. yellow jackets like there's a reason for this it. moment exactly. encapsulates everything that yellow jackets exactly. is to be honest it yes. has humor it's weird yes. it's shocking like there's cannibalism there's love there's, there's love. homoeroticism i yeah. mean homoeroticism like what's gayer than eating your best friends literally here? i mean so yeah no i love it that's yeah definitely one of my what do you think do we know what the ear was made out of like in real life oh that's a good question i'm sure that somebody has asked sophie nalisis it's probably some sort of yeah fruit or like uh like fondant or something yeah because they made the they made the barbecue Jackie out of jackfruit. Yeah. I remember that because they were like, "Haha, Jackie fruit or whatever." Yeah, I'm sure Sophie so, Delise has gotten asked about it countless times. To be honest, it shouldn't yeah. be that hard to find yeah. out. She's probably like, "Stop but, asking me about it." Damn. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, Cornflake Girl plays into the credits, and I did get a little emo at at the credits saying guest starring Ella Purnell. I was like, oh, oh, I know, yeah. yeah. And now she's like famous and has a career, and so she's probably never going to be on the show again. Really? What is she so, in? I don't know. She's, I, mean, I know she's, she's, she's in, in Arcane. That, like, I watch Arcane, but that's. Yeah, she's gonna be in that like Fallout show. Which oh, I personally right! Don't I forgot looks... about that. Yeah, she will become really, really big know. after that. I forgot about that. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think it looks great. I, I watched the trailer for it and I was like, "Oh man, Ella, just come back to the show. Just haunt but I mean, Charlie, please. I'd rather have get that. that." I'm sure that Fallout check is good though. Get that. Get that yeah. bag. I'm sure it's it's a lot bigger than probably. I don't know. Than doing a guest star episode on Yellow Jackets? Yeah, probably. Right. <laughs> No, you know what? Like, good for her and her yeah. career. I'm just, I'm just annoyed by it because I don't think the show looks. I don't know. It looks goofy. It probably, that, yeah. That's I kind mean, of a, I don't know anything about that's the kind of a whole anyway, thing. so don't ask me. Yeah, <laughs> I know way too much about it. <laughs> Classic. I'm such a nerd. Uh, a lot of other people do. Obviously, um, they made it into a show. So that's right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. We've been recording for four hours. <laughs> Over four hours. Yeah. Lots to say. Great episode. Yeah. Oh, should we do a wrap up moment? Yeah. Like a We finally habit? got to season two. So I think we've been we saying did. that our episodes are gonna be welcome, so everybody. long when we got to season two. So I guess this is only the and beginning. That is not that is not wrong. Yeah, they're gonna continue to be monsters. Hopefully we can for sure. we can get the hang of recording a little bit earlier. Oh my god. If we're gonna The yeah. season two finale is gonna be like a marathon. I don't know how we're we gonna might do have to do in part a short amount of time. We might so look forward to that everybody. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that was Friends Romans uh Friends Romans Countrymen. Lend me your ears. Lend me your ears is not actually uh, the title. No, we, no, we just have to say that. No, but like we In have to point it out because like that's the entire reason that they chose the title because they just love those ear puns. <laughs> and you know what? That's valid because I love the ear scene. So, <laughs> yes, weird. as we discussed ad nauseum. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hopefully we get back to like somewhat of a regular schedule. Uh, I think yeah. we will. It's a new year. We're back think... in the Yellow Jackets mode as well. Like, yeah. they're starting filming soon. We know when season three is coming exactly. out. I missed the show. Like, I was watching it and I was like, oh, I missed watching it I... and talking about it. Same. So... I feel that every every time. Yeah. yeah. So I think we'll probably try at least once a month. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't at say least, that. You can cut that out. If not more. But, but at least. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we've got a long list of random movies that we keep wanting to talk about yeah <laughs> so who knows look forward to possible bonus episodes of us just talking about movies that we want to talk about yeah uh because we're also big film we're film people we have letterbox we're accounts. cinephiles <laughs> yeah like oh my god and then you go on my letterbox and like mama mia's in my top movies <laughs> true cinephile um we'll be back next time with episode two of season two and yeah other than that final thoughts oh my god i had so many <laughs> thoughts i think i'm there are no thoughts left actually at this point in the morning so true things are getting kind of gross and i go at sleepy time this is not really this uh, this uh, this is not really happening